Guys, can we take a second? And no one has told me where Nick is at. He's camping. Damn, what a tool. Yeah, you tell him that. He's he's douching around out in the forest. <laughs> What's he doing out there? I'm sure that's exactly what he's doing. Just he's, going around in the forest. He's douching around in the Hey everybody, RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 138. We're back, kind of. Most of us. Most of yeah. us. Jesse, Justin. What's up? Bola. Nick's not here. You guys, no, he's not. Is he still recovering? I think he might be. <sighs> yeah, he was. Yeah, it seemed pretty rough. Something about having to go camping with the family. Yeah, right. In yeah. other words, <laughs> hiding in shame out in the middle of the forest. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to do that. Dude. I'm sure we'll get into it. It, yeah. it finally happened. It did. Kind of, but you know, he was he pulled it off really well though. Uh and of course what we're talking about, guys, is we've been giving Nick crap for going on three years now. About getting to Othello, kind of, you know, <laughs> drinking some of the nectar, as it were. <laughs> Maybe drinking a little too much of it. <laughs> and then uh, letting it get the best of you. Now, um, I didn't get to see this, but, I, well, I, I I did get to see it through a video. Uh, Dieter recorded a time lapse. And, of course, guys, I'm talking about last week. Our live show at Othello. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Dieter put a, a GoPro up in the corner when we started mm-hmm. setting up, and kind of did. Oh, a, I didn't know that. He did dude. a time lapse of the whole thing, and you can't. You know, huh. it's not lit real well, so you can't really see much. But what you can see, which I thought was pretty funny, and I didn't know this was happening because. Jesse and Nick were in the far at the far end of, of yeah. where I was. Apparently, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was a bottle of uh, uh, Captain Morgan's, yeah, just circulating between the two of them. Yeah, <laughs> and in the video, <laughs> it looked like because it's time lapse, going fast. It just looked like Nick was pouring alcohol constantly, like constantly, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we've been giving him nice. a lot of crap about about. How he he just kind of cruises through the night and doesn't really excess. He didn't. I mean, he he didn't do anything. You know, compared to us three, you know, I mean, mine was the first with the best freaking apple juice ever. You know, drunk calling people and stuff like that. Of course, we've all heard the the stories of uh, uh, Justin's air eating, right? <laughs> and what about why do I why do I get the 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 description and Jesse doesn't get anything he got drunk with me he did but he he kind of yeah. recovered you know I mean Jesse wasn't, all, as, wasn't as memorable it wasn't because all Jesse mainly did because was, of the air eating yeah and Jesse yeah you're right I, I'm with you and Jesse I, just okay kind of laid that. down in the cool grass and was like oh it's so yeah nice. I'm just taking it all in <laughs> <laughs> and, and then what. You know, to kind of top it off, what really made it memorable for us, Justin, was the next morning. <laughs> That's what 
Had you come out and actually been feeling good, it probably would have been nothing. But that whole experience. Yeah, you're right. Well, he was feeling good for 45 <laughs> oh, minutes. I was feeling great <laughs> for a little bit, dude. So let me paint a picture for our listeners since Nick's not here. So we record the show and it, you know, everybody's consuming. And uh, it was, we, we kind of get everything buttoned down and put away. And um, a lot of us are kind of clamoring in my trailer because the wind is blowing, as you guys heard. It's a little cool. And uh, Nick didn't come in, but I know I went to stand at the door and I noticed that he's using my trailer as a hit as a prop stand. He's leaning <laughs> up against my trailer, right? And then all of a sudden he's like, "That's it, gotta go to bed." <laughs> and he opens the door to his trailer, throws himself on the ground. Ed <laughs> proceeds- doesn't even set up the cot. Doesn't even set up his cot. And, and wait he- a minute, we're we're missing a little bit of a story well, here. We, we, you know, typically, as good friends will do, that can't, that's not the end of it. Oh, right, right. No, I, I was just talking about the fact that it wasn't as simple as just like leaning up against the trailer and then going to lay down. Oh, did I miss something? What else did he do? Yeah. Well, man, you must have been a little drunk too. No, then. I was too busy entertaining in my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you were also, little did you know, entertaining outside of your trailer. Because oh. if, if, if you remember correctly, you were passing around Chew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And Phil, a hot apple pie guy, was passing around mint, mint <laughs> chocolate flavored cigarettes. Well, let's rephrase oh. that. Mint chocolate smelling. Smelling. Ass tasting cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so, of course, Nick partook mm-hmm. in, in both options. Right. And within five minutes of doing so, I think it got him sick. It did. And he's like, all right, I'm done. I have to Bed go time. to bed. Bedtime. Like, I'm going to get sick yeah. here. So he goes off, and we, we continue to uh, sit around and blow smoke rings and and complain about how bad the cigarette tastes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and how bad the chew tastes. A few of us man- might have mentioned once or twice. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yep. Uh, and then, <laughs> of course, we get some ideas. We we can't just let this go. I mean, Nick's in the trailer right next to us. We can't just let it go, right? No, 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 no. No, nah, definitely not. So, <laughs> Jesse's fiance, man, she's an instigator. <laughs> <laughs> she did this two nights in a row. She did it to Adam. And have you seen any of the videos, uh, Jesse, with with her sitting next to Adam that first night? No, I haven't. <laughs> I think you need another beer. I've heard. I've heard, though. <laughs> so anyway, we come up with some crazy ideas, get some photos of Nick <laughs> that we obviously cannot share, but nonetheless fun. And finally, I, I think um, <laughs> Nick got a little fed up with it, and uh, I think he kind of helped jesse realized his mortality for a quick minute <laughs> it's, like, it's like no no we'll stop messing with you man do you, do you need me to help you with your cot so we let it go so nick had a good time i think and uh he did the right thing he went right to his trailer and he did make a spectacle of himself like the rest of us did um so it was fun we had a good time what can i say i just thought it was funny to you know sneaking into the back of his trailer and seeing him sort of just kind of hanging out on the floor, 
just kind of <laughs> just kind of relaxing uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. nice and calm rolled up in a fetal position on top of the corner of his unfolded cot <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta, he was uh, not uh, eating air he was he didn't pull he didn't pull like a lizard thing he wasn't no. rolling around on the on the grass unfortunately <laughs> but the bottom line is we did get to see yes nick get drunk finally yeah <laughs> good time had by all good yeah, time had definitely by all. was a lot of fun it was a good weekend but before we get into that or talk further about that what the heck have you guys been up to man since we've been you guys recovered from that uh that crazy weekend yet yeah i have dude have i it was a lot of fun i mean i needed that yeah it it's it's been too long dealing with all this crappy winter-ish weather mm-hmm uh, and not having a good old fashioned weekend of nothing but helis. So I really enjoyed myself the whole time. Drank a little bit, didn't get drunk, which was good. This time I got to sit around and make fun of other people who made poorer decisions than I did. And I, I <laughs> like that. I felt good about that. Yeah. <laughs> and plus I got to wake up each morning and actually fly yeah, yeah. as opposed to, pop pills i think that to get rid of the headache i I think all three of us uh managed to do that didn't we i mean none of us we yeah we i think jesse got a little lit up on saturday night but i think you did pretty damn well dude you were flying yeah absolutely so it was nothing like no one got taken out of commission and even nick didn't when he woke up on sunday i think he put a flight or two in i'm not sure yeah yeah but yeah, I I uh I really enjoyed myself and this week has basically just been you know sort of the back to work thing. I took Monday off as I mentioned a couple of shows ago so that I could recover a bit from the the drive and get stuff unpacked and cleaned up and stuff. Ended up basically relaxing all Monday. Didn't get any flying in because the weather wasn't all that great. So I I went through all of my helis and did a little bit of maintenance, cleaned some stuff up in the in the garage, and worked on some podcast stuff. And then the rest of the week was pretty much uh, busy work. No fly. I take a no fly this week, unless you count the flights that I got on Saturday and Sunday, which. Yeah, I guess I'll count. Sunday is technically since we've recorded. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So a little bit of flying, very minimal, but it's just been, you know, and I haven't, it actually hasn't bothered me, dude. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but that fun fly was so good that I just kind of felt like, you know what? I'm at ease. I got my flying in. I had fun. I didn't feel like, dude, I got to rush out and get some flying in. Because the weekend's coming around, I'll probably get some flying in this weekend, and I got a ton in the previous one. Uh-huh. So yep. I can feel the the season coming on, the start of the season, where it's like, it's just going to be constant flying from here on out. So I'm not worried anymore about, you know, getting the flights in. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I I have to repair a helicopter yeah. uh <laughs> it was damaged in a small battle that occurred between nick and jesse 
when Jesse oh, that's was trying right. to that's... sneak into <laughs> Nick's trailer and take a picture of him. Uh, so, yeah, basically, I think you kind of described it, Dan. Nick, Nick scared Jesse. Like, Nick was completely awake. We all thought he was passed out, but he was completely awake. We went into the first time, took a couple of pictures. He's like, ah, eh, no big deal. I'll let him have some fun. Second time we go in there and he's like, oh, no, you did not just come back a second time. So Jesse was the one in there and Jesse basically got bear hugged around the legs by Nick. And and I mean, with pretty Hellies. much sort of tripped, right? Yeah. Like he, he, he was pretty trying much just to, tried to take me out of the knees. Didn't did not accomplish that. And all of Nick's helis and all of my helis are hanging on the opposite wall in Nick's trailer. So there are like eight helis on the wall, right? Oh, yeah. So when Jesse went down, did not I mean, down. he even came out. He's like, oh, dude, you know, there are a bunch of helis there. I was trying to minimize the damage and not like fall on top of one. Well, okay, no big deal. We go on, finish the night, wake up the next morning. I pull all my helis out to get ready to fly. And my Goblin 770 turned out to be a casualty of war. So the best I can tell, Jesse probably fell with most of his weight on some portion of the 770 and completely crushed the vertical tail fin. So now you can kind of grab the fin and bend it and it like bends off at a 90 degree angle. I mean, coming looking at this from my angle, that is extremely positive yes, outcome. It is. <laughs> oh, I, I'm with you, dude. It's like like <laughs> could have been a lot worse, absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta order a new gotta order a new tail fin. And I I've been slowly, and I emphasize slowly, like just in standard time slow taking the rave apart and determining what I need to do to what I need to buy to fix it. Hmm. What's uh, that's how bad, how bad is it? How bad is it? You know, it honestly, it's a completely typical crash, right? Tail boom, torque tube, uh, tail output shaft. I lost the tail blades, the main blades, all of the head parts seem to be perfectly fine. But the kicker here that makes it worse is that I don't know. I mean, however it landed, it pushed the fuel tank out the right side frame. And like other nitros, you usually have a little metal fuel nipple on the on the forward facing portion of the tank. Right. Right. That sits in between the frames. Well, the rave one is particularly large and beefy. And so when the tank got pushed out the right side frame, that nipple hit one of the the like braces the carbon fiber brace shapes on the frame and busted right through the freaking side so i busted a side frame hmm so there's 70 bucks which yeah, kind of quick me, but you know it it is what it is sounds good but you got home everything good and uh ready to hit it this weekend well you're going to have some weather this weekend it sounds well like. <sighs> Yeah, we're ready. I'm to ready hit to hit it, it, but, it this yeah. weekend, but I don't know whether I'm going to be able to hit anything because, like usual, all week the weather was great, and we come up on this is our long weekend, right? Memorial Day. Yeah. Not only did I have today off, it was my Friday off, but I also get Monday, so I was I get a four day weekend. Today it was raining and blowing wind. Tomorrow, Sunday, Monday is all supposed to be windy, rain, thunderstorms. So uh, it's not looking too good, dude. Ick. 
Well, Nick. What about Nick? What about Nick? You're the one that just said Nick. Did I say Nick? Yeah. Are you, I, are you implying that I'm Nick? I just said, well, I thought I just said, well, and then you said Nick. No, you said Nick. <laughs> I was Am good. I losing it I here? Think no, he said, didn't he, he just said say like, Nick? He said Nick or Ick or something no, like I that. I said Ick. Ick. Oh, you said oh, Ick. To your bad weather. Oh. Come on, man. Keep up. Okay. Keep up. Yep. I was going to transition over to Jesse, but uh, you kind of you wasted that one. Yeah, so, uh, well, yeah, it's not, not very smooth now. Not very smooth at all. Tell us, Jesse, how was your week? Um, it was it was good. I started a new summer internship um, on Monday, so I did not have a day off to recover. I got home Sunday evening at probably like 6 or 7, literally just pulled up throw everything in the garage. I don't want to deal with it right now and stuff. <laughs> and then uh basically ate some dinner and went to bed that night and as it sits I finally got around. So I okay, so last week I went and worked I'm on a 410 schedule. So like same as Justin, I had today off as well and I have a 4-day weekend. So this morning I finally got around to putting all the heli stuff away, kind of going back through the uh the drawers and some of the bins that I bring to the fun flies that I load up with parts and kind of getting the stuff put back in their normal spots so that I can operate, do maintenance and, you know, work on helis here at home. And then in addition to that, I also went into town today and I bought some stuff so that I can hang some helis up on the wall. And I've found a, I'm not sure how ever, how you guys do this or if you guys store your helis on the wall. I know, Dan, you do in your trailer. I'm not sure what Justin does. And I know Nick does as well. But what I have found that works really well, and this is, so I'm able to hang up three to four, um, depending on the sizes. If they're all 700s, you can probably get three in this method. And if you have one smaller one, you can throw that one in there too. But what I do is buy... You guys know like the little, um, it's it's basically like a single coat hanger hook with uh, two screw holes that go through it. Make, no? Yeah, you guys yeah. not know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, two, a, so say like that a, again. it's what like is a, it? a coat hanger hook, just like a single hook that has two holes in it that you can put screws through. So you're basically just putting a hook on the wall. Right. Okay. And then what I do is I go buy a one inch wooden dowel that's three feet long or however long you want. And that fits perfectly in, in those hooks. So then I can put the hooks wherever I want, put a little washer right behind the hook to bring them away from the wall. And then the dowel just rests. It, it fits really tightly into the hooks. And there you go. You got a perfect place to put the skids right behind there and good to go. I think I, <laughs> the whole thing cost me five bucks. So it's a, it's a great way nice. for me to you know clean up some space in the garage. And just make a little bit more room to operate by getting, you know, take all the helis out from sitting under the table or wherever I'm trying to just keep them and put them up on the wall and not really worry about them as much. So, dude, so sweet. Were you just like shopping and you saw those and it came to you or did you go? No, that um, that's actually what I did, um, what I do at college too, what I have going on in my apartment. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, essentially, it was actually uh, Kayla's dad that that came up with it. He must. We were uh, when I got over to school last year. He just like, I don't know. It must have just come to him the idea, and he just walks up, puts hooks and a dowel in there. I'm like, what am I gonna do with that? He's like, we're hanging your helis up. <laughs> like sweet, <laughs> and so super, you know, super affordable. 
and they you know comes with the screw the hooks come with the screws and everything so yeah. just hit some studs and you can definitely put some weight on that because i mean a one inch wooden dowel you're not gonna bend or break a three no foot way. section so it you know not even a concern there so did you get any flying in this week or are you too busy with your new job no flying yeah so um today would have been the only day i could have even got some flying in and like justin mentioned it was all up here it was also just it was raining really really hard i've not seen it rain that hard in a long time and huh. the wind was kicking in as well but no working the uh, 410s i'm now getting up at 445 in the Ooh. morning and not getting home till about six o'clock so that Jeez, that kind of kills the the weekday the weekday flying but i you know I, I still think I'm going to like the schedule just because every Friday, every weekend's a three-day weekend. That is nice. And so that helps, in, dude. You, yeah, you put in the hours, you know, you're working the long days, but you hit that Thursday and you're like, all right, here's my weekend. So yeah, so that's uh, not bad. It's I, I guess it's a, it's a trade-off, but we'll see. I'm as right as it sits right now, I'm thinking I'm going to like it. Also today... Since we did just have a fun fly last weekend, and who knows how many hours got put on my generator. And it's been quite a while since I changed the oil out, probably since last November, October, somewhere in there. I went ahead and did some generator maintenance, uh, switched the oil out in the Honda 2000-watt generator. How bad was it? um, It didn't look too bad. Um, It definitely wasn't low or anything like that, but... Not nice and clean like when it goes in, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't terrible. Huh. But I mean, it's it's one of those things, you know, where it's so cheap because it only takes about a third of a quart of oil mm-hmm. to do it, and it's like it's it's just kind of the, one of those. Why wouldn't you do it? It's going to help keep the generator running longer, and you know, it's it's not it's definitely not an expense thing, and it it takes only about five minutes to do. So, oh yeah, true. Not that hard. Speaking of generators, man, did you guys hear my retarded generator this last weekend? <laughs> dude, your generator was bad. I think it's on the last leg, dude. I think so. Time for a new that one. That's a- this was after you got it serviced by Jack's son, though, right? I, and, and it's running better now than it was. So, yeah. Oh, hmm. so it was worse than what we heard. Yeah, I couldn't even charge battery. I mean, I couldn't even barely charge, you know, one, you know, 5,000 milliamp pack at 20 amps. Jeez, huh. man! But it, you know, that generator—it's—I've um I've had it for three years, and I've worked the piss out of that generator. So it's probably time for a new one. You know, true. Um, three thousand. Gonna get a three thousand with electric. Yeah, three thousand. There you go. Just turn the key. Yeah, I'm gonna I run. want a three thousand with remote man. with remote start too. Oh yeah, so I can. Jeez. Just yeah, but are you, are you gonna like permanently mount that on your trailer then? I like, am. Build an enclosure. There yep. you go. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And then I, when I wake up in the morning, I can start it right away without having to go outside. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's the plan. We'll nice. see. Probably end up with a couple two thousands though. I don't know. Those are so light and easy to carry around. Yeah, and then you get the parallel kit. Well, yeah, you, you can do the parallel thing, and you'll be set, dude. Yep. That's it. I'm same same situation. I'm hoping the weather's looking terrible, but I'm ready to go and I'm hoping we might get some sun one day this weekend. So we'll see.
in a world where 22 degrees of pitch just doesn't cut it. One tool, all setups, all sizes, all brands. Soko Heli Tools, a unique setup methodology. Soko Heli Tools, coming to a web page near you at www.soko-heli-tools.com. Set up different and Soko your heli. Unlike you two, I got an amazing amount of flights in this week. Today in particular. Dude, you don't work anymore. That's not fair. <laughs> I get to hang out all day, and I don't generally come home from work now till nine o'clock at night. Because I define got, work. Yeah, define work. You know please. what? It, when you when you are wishing there was more time in the day to get more done, it's not really work, is it? Yeah, what you're trying to say is you're having fun. I am having fun. Which is awesome, dude. Uh, Yeah, that's... So Tuesday I started the new job, and we spent uh, Tuesday and Wednesday building the most awesome workstation in the history of mankind. It's a uh, four-foot by eight-foot workbench with uh, a metal plate in the middle. And mm-hmm. metal racks in the middle for hanging tools, um, hanging uh, uh, whatever you want. Spools of wire. It's got uh, two rods for spools of wire. Soldering station. Uh, big room on the end for working on big projects. Damn, dude. Uh, we got. A, I'm gonna get a. We got a picture. A bunch of pictures of it as we were building it, and. Uh, we're going to, when we're, it's not completely done. We're waiting for a few more things to come in, but I'm going to get a picture of it. And then we're going to, we're going to kind of get a parts list and a rough show of how to put it together in case people want to build. I mean, you got to have a lot of room because it's huge and it's beefy and it's not going to be easy to move around, but it's incredible. We we did that yeah, for a couple of days. Even if there's just some cool little things that people want to incorporate into their personal workbench, you know, not necessarily the entire thing. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we um, got a lot, like today, uh, 25 flights in today, 15 flights yesterday. And that doesn't include multi-rotor flights. That's heli flights. Damn. Um, oh. It's just a, <laughs> it's a big shop that opens up into a big field and bam, there you go. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling... Feeling good about life again. <laughs> uh, nice. As far as the trip, I, I got to tell you, man, I it's getting harder and harder for me to recover from those trips because I have been tired all week. It's uh, you know, by the time you you take all your crap over to Washington and and uh, move stuff around and hang out for a few days. It's get, it gets tiresome, although I, I got to tell you that uh, new chair I got really made things a lot easier. You guys saw that zero gravity chair? Dude, that thing is awesome. I need one. I know. It's super comfortable. <laughs> it is super comfortable. But uh, 
Had a great time, as we've mentioned last week, and uh, got to see a couple good crashes. And Ed, mm-hmm. Ed completely destroyed a 7HV, as we mentioned last week. And I got to see my first actual midair last week. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, you've never seen a midair before? I've, I've seen the aftermath, like looked and saw bits flying, but I was never actually mm-hmm. watching and saw them collide. Oh, nice. Except dude. in video, you know, but uh, yeah, the multi rotor didn't, didn't fare too well against that uh, heli. I believe it was a five. Yeah, it was uh, a Phantom versus a. I think it was a 550. A T Rex 550. I yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't fare well at all. Ripped, yeah. ripped that I mean, the, Phantom apart. Well, and I saw it as it was happening. And if I remember correctly, I mean, you know, they both hit the Phantom went flying like 30 feet yeah. in the opposite direction in pieces. Yes. The 550, the pilot actually, I think it was George who was the pilot, not not George Radford, but the older George. Yeah. And. The the 550, he hit throttle hold and kind of had sort of a bumpy fall from about, I don't know, 20 or 30 feet. But all in all, it didn't look all that bad for the 550. It didn't. Uh, what I saw was um, some messed up skids and uh, maybe a bent boom from the impact. But overall, it was pretty good. Not a bad crash yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So yeah, it's uh, pretty much all I've been up to. I got to tell you guys, I as much as I hate to admit this, I I kind of don't know if I'm a nitro guy anymore. I haven't. Heard, oh, dude, I have not been flying my nitro much at all. I mean, I hardly flew it at all last weekend. Why aren't you? I'm just really enjoying that rush. Hmm. You know, that's good. But here's the thing: I, I mean, enjoy the rush. It's great. I'm sure you're loving it, but just remember, Nitro's always there for you. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, it's probably just like a, it's still novelty. It's like, holy crap, I've got a big electric. I need to put as many flights on this as possible. <laughs> but once that kind of cools down, you've still got the cool power 700, dude. Yeah, it. I, you know, we were having some tuning issues with it. That's kind of why I didn't want to mess with it because I didn't really feel like messing mm-hmm. with tuning. You know, I just wanted to fly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of been the same way. And I'm sure, you know, what's funny is um, the tune here was not bad. I wasn't having those issues we were having at Othello. So now I kind of got to retune for this elevation. But, um, you know, I suspect that a couple flights I'll get her back. Uh, we were planning on going tomorrow. Until you guys mentioned rain, I decided to check the Weather Channel, and sure enough, rain all the way till 5 o'clock tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Might go later in the evening. But, uh, yeah, that's about all I've been up to, guys. Just, uh, you know, working on RC stuff, getting paid for it, which is kind of fun, and um, flying helicopters. Man. (laughs) I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm happy for you, but it still pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all it's all about who you know, apparently. <laughs> the other thing I'm going to say is I'm still perfectly okay with it. You know why? Hmm. Because I got my blades. Oh, you had to bring the blades up, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> I ha- I got my blades. Do you want to make another Good. bet? Do you want to make another wager? Give me a chance to win those blades back. 
Because here's the deal, dude. Now it all comes down to the scrotum trophy. Oh, well, I'm definitely. I mean, that's that's what's at stake. I'm definitely not getting the scrotum trophy. That's the feeling I'm getting here. And that makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) But you have one. We could make it so you have one more chance before the scrotum trophy to get another set of blades from me. How are we going to do that? Well, we could have a bet uh, count of flights by Snohomish. Snohomish. No, dude. Get out of (laughs) here. You just put in 40 flights in 24 hours. Well. At at your job. (laughs) There's no way. There's no way. Forget it. At your job. (laughs) It's over. Yeah, I mean, send, that, send me the ball sack. I mean that that worries me. That that's like I'm I'm done. I, I I'm would done be as worried well. too, Jesse. I'm done as well. I mean, it's uh, I got a lot. I can't of, compare. With you're, that. Did you end up breaking 300 by no, the I'm end like of the week? Five away. Oh, okay. So you're at so you're 295. So I'm I'm right in. I'd have to get out to see the exact numbers, but yeah, I'm I'm right Dan, in. Dan, you're you got to be in the like 260s now, 250s, 256. Okay. So I'm at 250. So you're already six above me. Nick, I don't, you know, Nick didn't really fly all that much last week. Nick was busy. Nick yep. put some time in last weekend. Of course, you know, we all kind of did. And that, you know, I got to tell you, that's a lot of fun. I, I know sometimes, you know, we kind of talk about how we like to go to a fun fly to fly. But, you know, this this one really felt like um, it was a lot of fun to help people. And I think we all put in a fair amount of time doing mm-hmm. that. that. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, man, I got to tell you, that. Um, buddy box and Scott helping him with his goblin, uh, tuning his, his icon and, uh, getting him, getting him in the air with that goblin for the first time. And he was so nervous. He was so nervous, but he did great. You know, I didn't have to, all I was doing, I wasn't even buddy boxing. I was just holding the trainer button, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, he did, he did real well. And then of course his kid, uh, Caden, I believe his name is. Yep. Young guy. Five six. He was he was talked for a minute or two on the mic. You guys might remember that. Um he's already like flying inverted and stuff. Oh yeah, dude. Hmm. Look out. They're gonna be they're gonna be smacking down on you pretty soon, Jesse. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, it was a it was a good weekend. Lots of new faces. You you guys notice that? Man, a lot of new faces. Yeah. We did meet a lot of people. It was awesome. I mean, not just listeners, but just new people to the fun fly scene. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think I met five or six people who said this was their first fun fly. Yeah. Yep. Which is, that's just awesome. A lot of enthusiasm for the hobby there. What a great fun fly. And of course, um, I don't know if we mentioned it last week. For those of you who were there, you probably know because it was mentioned at the pilots meeting. But for those of you who weren't there, first of all, shame on you. But second of all, you get another chance in September. They're doing another Othello yep. in September. That's right. Which is yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah. So we missed that last year. Yeah, I don't know. We that had, event was missed. Yeah, the the dates don't know yet. They probably don't know yet. But uh, as soon as Bill gets those figured out, I'm sure he'll post it. Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely be telling you about it because we're definitely going. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. What a great way to start and almost and end the season. Oh yeah. Well, Nick's not here. He's uh he's camping as we mentioned. 
So we're going to go ahead and do some news now. What do you think? We should do some news without Nick? The news without Let's Nick. Let's do news without yeah, Nick. We'll see if we can pull this off without Nick. <laughs> In today's heli market, it can be a challenge to find a retailer that stocks a variety of different brands and parts, has great customer service, and boasts fast shipping. I can tell you that Rotary Wing RC has all of this and more. Finally, I feel like I found a place where I can get everything in one order and I'm confident that I'll get the shipment quickly so that I can get back in the air next weekend. You don't believe it, huh? Trust me. Go to www.rotarywingrc.com now and check out your new go-to online heli shop. Alrighty, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. I don't got jack for news. What do you guys got? Okay, let's let's yeah, see what we can it, drum up here. <laughs> so let's make something up. Yeah, first let's... thing is first. We'll start with it and get it out of the way because I don't really want to talk about it all that much. Uh, Mikado released two new videos this week on how to for the the new v-bar controller the radio come first on. steps come, and setup. come on <laughs> tell us what you unboxing <laughs> first steps uh, what's the radio call and setup i'm not going to go there <laughs> i'm trying to project a positive oh, well attitude during that was this positive news. that was pretty positive was that positive that was positive now go ahead go negative now no, I, I think the moral compass should go negative. Oh, I don't <laughs> think that's happening. No? Okay, well, I, I don't really know much about it. You can watch the video. If you watch the video, they go through the unboxing. They power things up. They show you some of the features, how to control the, you know, the, uh, the different options in the screen. Uh, they go through binding and then an actual setup. And, uh, you know, I got to say, it does look pretty neat. The options that they've got in there, how specific it is to V-Bar. Uh, you know, the, the screen setup looks fairly user-friendly. But again, I'm just... After we heard the price, what is it, $750 Seven, just yeah. for the radio? Or I think they're doing $1,000 and it's combined with... I, I can't remember if it was combined with a Mini-V or the full size. As I remember, but, there were two combinations. Two, two, there's like the regular mm. radio and then two other combos. Okay. Hmm. But nonetheless, expensive. So if, if you are one of those people that thinks this might be something that you're interested in, go ahead and take a look. I'm sure there's going to be good support as there is for all of the other Mikado products out there, both by Mikado and the, the people who uh, swear by the product. So I can tell you're look excited forward to that. I'm I'm so excited. I'm I yeah, I don't even have the energy to express it. Excellent. And so I'm going to move on. <laughs> so next up, we have sort of a an interesting leaked image or a sneak peek by SAB Heli Division. They posted about a week ago now, and this might be old to some of you, but you guys remember we didn't do news at the Othello live show, so bear with us. They posted a three-bladed tail rotor uh, connected yeah. to one of the little aluminum side case deals. 
uh, looks like it's going to be targeting the Goblin series of helis, and I'm not quite sure what they're thinking on this, but it'll be interesting to see. It, it looks like a good design. Obviously, it's based uh, off of the existing one. But the interesting thing that I noticed, and to me, this is more interesting than the actual three-bladed rotor. Did you guys notice the pitch slider? No? What Silence, about okay? It? What about it? It's an over-under. Uh-huh. It actually kind of looks... It kind of looks like the uh, the rave pitch slider, if I do say so myself. So, I, you know, I don't know what it's all about, but... We'll see. If you want to get some three-bladed action going, Dan, you want to do a scale goblin, Dan? No. <laughs> no? No. Okay, well. No. I'm I tried. trying to sell my goblin. You well, maybe are. if you had a three-bladed tail on there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't that sort of, it ups the value. No? At least they come um, with three tail blades then. That's more valuable. Yeah, because they sell them in set for three. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Not I didn't yet. even think about that. That sucks. SAB is going to have to come out with a matched set of three tail blades. That's got to be how it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's let's move on here. Gowie has announced the release of, or the upcoming release of the new X5 Formula Edition kit. Now, this one took me a bit by surprise I thought they already had a Formula X5. I think maybe as I look at this more, it turns out they they only had a Formula Canopy for the X5. Maybe that's what it is, and some other upgrades. This one looks to be, I mean, it's the same good old-fashioned X5 kit, except it's got the Formula Canopy, and it looks like some of the aluminum stuff is anodized red. Uh, there's not a lot of detail uh, as to what exactly is different. Um, let's see. It, it's a, it says new lower head. Formula rotor head is 10 millimeters lower than the previous standard X5 head. Okay, so that must be new because I don't think they ever had a formula head for the X5. So anyway, if you're a fan of Gowie and you like the formula look, then check it out. It should be out in early June. So probably in the next few weeks soon. Yep. Okay. What follows is, uh, just a line news. Okay. And we'll, we'll work our way up here. So first and foremost, Luca Piscante has a video out. I don't know who Luca Piscante is, by the way. I, I, I just said his name like I knew the guy and that yeah. you guys should know. Um, I don't know who he is. He's probably in a line. You, you pulled it pilot. off real well, though. Yeah, I did was it, convinced. Did it work I was out? Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. good. Uh, maybe I know. he does know. <laughs> kind of sounded so like So Luca, Luca Piscante has a video out testing the new, the new Align 4GX prototype. Uh you know, I don't have a lot of details on the 4GX right now. I I hear that it's supposed to be way improved in terms of control feel and smoothness uh, as compared to the 3GX. I don't know whether it's supposed to have an electric governor or not. I haven't been able to find any of that stuff, but maybe someone else knows. Uh, nevertheless, um, for what it's worth, he puts in a really solid flight. The heli looks great. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the fly barless system flies great. 
because with his skill, he could probably make it do whatever he wants. But um, nevertheless, 4GX is coming out. I don't know. Probably, I'm going to guess probably by Urcha. They're saying prototype right now. Align will probably unveil it in the next couple of months. So check that out if you're interested. You think they're actually going to be able to pull it off, guys, with the 4GX? Like, is this is this the one that does it for a line on flybarless systems? Well, they might be able to pull it off. They might, but who who's going to risk that? Other than you know, team I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but say they come out with a really good electric and nitro governor, mm-hmm. and it flies on par with all of the other fly barless systems, it's got to be cheaper. Yeah. You know, they're not going to charge 250 or 300 bucks for a system. So for someone who's not necessarily throwing down, why not? Especially if it comes in a, like a full yep. combo. That's kit. what I was just going to say. It's like even, so let's say you go out and you finally get this heli and ev- pretty much everything comes in there, you know, for you to get the heli in the air right away. I would have a hard time thinking that, you know, maybe some newer people, um, first or second heli, aren't going to at least, just because they're excited to get that heli in the air, throw that 4GX on there right away. Yeah, I mean, because right now, Jesse, you get an Align combo kit that comes with a 3GX, and you've got that thing listed on the for sale forums before Before the the kit kit. even shows up on your doorstep. (laughs) I see that so many times. I mean, that's just... We'll be here this week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We'll ship when I get it. Can't ship right now. But it'll be here in the next yep. couple of days. Yeah, but so it's like it now it's worth it. Now it's new, and you know, I I would think, you know, I I would say if I got one in a, in a kit, I'd probably throw it on there just to get the heli in the air right away. Yeah. I, okay. I so I, wait, no, we're not done talking about this yet. Oh, we're not done. Keep going. You know, I think um, so many people are so weary of Align Electronics. I just, um, I think you're right in that people will probably try it that get it, but I think more people will will still continue to do what they're doing now and selling it at a higher price and putting their trusty old standard choice, uh, pick your choice fly barless controller on it. Yeah, that's, you're probably right. It, it probably still only serves the purpose of getting sort of a relative beginner in mm-hmm. the air, someone who doesn't want to mess with the more expensive or more complicated systems. But I I don't know. I mean, competition is always a good thing for the industry. So, and if a line can come up with something that is better or competitive with the other fly barless systems, who knows? Maybe we'll see advances. Yeah. I mean, the one thing, the one thing that's appealing, you know, with the Align, Align fly barless systems is, you know you're gonna get the updates and the uh, they're you know they're gonna stay on top of it. If there's something wrong, you're gonna see that update out the next week, fixing mm-hmm. it. So there are gonna be many updates, but they will fix but it. But they will have updates, right? <laughs> <laughs> but will they have a some type of graphical interface, computer interface, or will it be the typical? I'm pretty sure, dude, that like the three G yeah, right now has a graphical oh, user interface. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You don't. I don't think you need to use it, but it's available for some of the advanced parameters. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I got stung with 3G, the original. I just have never even given an another one a try, not even the upgraded versions. Well, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe they can redeem themselves in your mind on the 4, 4GX. They might. They might. Okay, next up from a line. There is an awesome video of Alan Sabo Jr. night flying the new T-Rex 500E DFC with the full fuselage on the heli. And I got to tell you, dude, I, I mean, I don't know if it's the look of the heli or if it's just because it's Alan, because I love his flying style. But this is an awesome video, and the heli looks freaking sweet. Have you seen it yet, Dan? I have not seen it yet. It's, I really like the look of this fuselage, at least in this size of a heli. And you look at it under the under the the construction lights, and you can see this thing no matter where it is in the sky. It's a bright yellow. It's got a nice fat boom on there, like the goblin. I I don't know. I I think this is going to catch on. We're going to start seeing all the aligns at the fun flies having these these quote speed fuselages on there. Yeah. Okay, news of the week. Not really, but we've got to have it. Yeah, we got to pick one, week, right? and, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we were just we were just talking about the fact that Align updates things frequently, and so keeping along those lines, they've just released the new T Rex seven hundred E Dominator Super Combo. It says Align new T-Rex 700E Dominator Super Combo is about to break your 3D flying imagination once again soon. <laughs> okay, so whatever that means, <laughs> this this basically to me looks like a, a T-Rex 700E DFC Pro. So like the last version of it, version 9 or 11 or 43, I don't know what it is, with all of the nice new plastic parts and the uh, the aluminum red shapely frame stiffeners around the motor mouth. <laughs> but in this case, it looks like it comes with a new tail fin. It comes with a new Dominator canopy. Mm hmm it looks like it also comes with a new, no, it's not new. It's an 800MX 520KV Dominator motor, Castle 120HV, and then the, the set of BL815 uh, Metal Gear Cyclics and the 855 tail, and a new flybarless system called the G-Pro. Yeah. Now, this Which one, this? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what to think of this. This, to me, is probably the news of the week part of this news of the week. Because the helicopter itself, it looks like the one I've got sitting in my garage, but with a different colored canopy. The G-Pro, though, this looks to me to be their next step in flybarless, except it's not called the 4GX. So yeah. I don't know where it falls into the grand scheme of things. But you want to know something that catches my eye on this one? Oh, let me it's guess. It's compatible with Android, iOS, and Windows. Yep. WTF. They yeah. pulled it off. I mean, I always thought, you know, back 
right when I first got into VBAR looking into all the Bluetooth stuff with the IO. And this this probably doesn't use Bluetooth. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't read all the details, but just being able to pull that off with the iOS devices is... Hopefully some other Flybarless units can take note of that as well. Yeah. Intent I, everyone else. <laughs> do you, you guys, have you seen any details on the thing? I haven't. Do we know have, anything more not. about it? It says the details that I've been able to find say, oh, let's see here if I can get the picture to pop up correctly. Freshly new software process structure, improved system compensation and up to date flying performance utilizes with latest iOS and Android app that G pro can be easily and directly adjusted through mobile device while at the field. Let's see superior flying characteristic remain the same flying control among T-Rex full receiver support. Brand new CPU processing 20 times faster than previous generator or generation. Bring G-Pro with precise and agile response. Yeah, I I don't know. Doesn't say anything about a governor. I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. That's all I've got. Does anyone else have news? None here. No, I don't think I have any news, man. I think we should uh, cruise right along. What do you think? Let's do it. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So guys, got a question for you. Where is your one-stop shop for high-powered motors, upgrade performance parts, and of course, some sexy bling for nearly any model of heli? Definitely KDEDirect.com. That's right. So whether you want to turn your heli into a performance machine or you just want it to stand out a little bit, visit kdedirect.com for all your upgrade needs. So am I still considered a warm weather dick? You are a warm weather dick. You didn't know that? I'm not in Florida anymore, remember? Where are you at? Yeah, dude, I moved. To where? Tennessee. Alrighty, well, here we are anyway with Kyle Cashwell, man. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. How about you, Dan? Long time since you've been on. What's been going on, dude? Oh, nothing much. Just heli stuff. You yeah. know, what's new? You uh, you just laid some pretty dramatic news on us. You're no longer in Florida, but you're still a warm weather dick. I want you to know that. How so? <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. It's cold. Oh, does it get down to what forty three at night in the I was going to say, how how yeah. cold is it? Oh man, it's still it's, the south. It's slightly cold. I mean, it's come up colder. here, dude. It's, it's colder. It's not cold. Come up here and hang out with with us. In the can winter. I be like a warm ish weather dick now? Am no, I no? Can I like move up a level? You are still a warm weather dick, dude. Dang! Until you get well past the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> then then I might consider it. <laughs> Until then, warm weather dick. So you've made the move to Tennessee. I have. Tell us about that. How does that affect uh Rotary Wing and and uh what's uh what's new with you guys? What's going on over there? All kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean we it, a lot of progress has been made, you know, within the past oh, I don't even know, just so many new lines and, and 
just now that, you know, people are really starting to flood in and meeting new people and everything like that. I mean, awesome customers. I've met a couple really awesome people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some uh, Contronic action going on there. Oh, yeah. Contronic. <laughs> we are insanely excited about Contronic. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't even have to say it. I mean, it, it's super quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty much the most reliable ESC out there. And I mean, it really goes without saying. And super expensive. It's <laughs> yeah, a little pricey. A little pricey. A, a little bit, you know. You heard but, about you heard about Justin's experience with the castle, right? Uh I don't know that I did. Push in what was it, Justin? A hundred and hundred and ninety through hundred and sixty uh two hundred and twenty amps. Uh-huh. For ten seconds. Through a castle one sixty. <laughs> uh-huh. How'd that go? Oh, it's been going quite well. I've got over numerous runs. Yeah, six hundred plus speed runs on the Goblin Speed with it. Holy cow! That's an awful lot. Yeah, man. <laughs> Castle is serial serious business. Serial, serial, yes. serial, serial business serial too. Business. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> so you left left. You, tell me that you know we're going to be in Florida next uh, December, right? You know that, right? Oh yeah. Are you going to be there? I'm still down in Florida uh, quite often, more often than I, uh, more often than you would imagine, you know, uh, considering I live some states away. Dude, just face level with me, man. You, are you running from, from the law or something, dude? What's going yeah, on? He's just a jumping around. In Florida. Jumping around. You should I mean, really, Kyle. I mean, you can like what, plead the fifth on that, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a thing. What's your, what's your real name, dude? Seriously. <laughs> Are you living in the backwoods of Tennessee? And what does Rotary Wing really sell? (laughs) Dude, he's got like a moonshine ring going on, Dan. Hey, 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 easy. So do do you live way back in the backwoods? Uh, I live in Polk County, Tennessee, if you don't know where it's it's at. Who's that that in the background that's interrupting us there? Who is that? That would be my brother. Didn't Didn't I tell you to slap him upside the head every time he interrupts us? backhand go ahead uh, do it i dare you do it he's too far away and he's uh, playing skyrim i want to do everything i can to get two brothers to fight <laughs> so 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 back to the question though you can't avoid it do you live like in a little cabin out in the middle of the forest dirt floors uh no dirt but floor. when, <laughs> when someone asks you where you live and you say polk county they kind of give you a funny look i'll put it to you that way well uh, that doesn't do us any good what does that mean yeah we like, have no appreciation like, for like that inbreeding you, or is there what? like ban- <laughs> near 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 banjo music you can hear banjos at every corner oh dukes oh. hazard come drop by every now and again they're from tennessee weren't they dukes hazard? What else what's that from tennessee was dukes a hazard from tennessee they were no i don't know i'm not i'm not, I'm not too up to speed on my my Hazard heck. County, Georgia, guys. Oh, that's right. Hazard County, Georgia. Come on. How did I not know that? My, I, My brother just whispered wow. that to me. Oh, so you didn't know that. Nope. <laughs> Such a good show. You're still doing Rotary Wings from Tennessee. How, how's that? Uh, you mean, I mean, it took us by surprise. Give us the lowdown. Why, why, why the change? Uh, You know, just sometimes change is necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, um. Like I said, I mean, it really doesn't change too much. Um, I'm still doing the same thing I used to do. Uh, I get to sit in front of a computer all day and mess with websites and take orders and talk to people and all that fun stuff. So, you know, um, 
in that sense, I, I mean, it really doesn't change. Um, flying helicopters doesn't change. You know, there's in Tennessee, I mean, I can walk out in my backyard and it's like I got the whole state. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Montana. There's like, what, 10 people that live there, right? Seven. So Seven. can you fly in your backyard? No, unfortunately. Um, I wish <sighs> I could. I'm I'm no Nick Maxwell, but. So you have, you, have you ran into a group of heli flyers there? Like no, I haven't. Um, I have seen one person flying a heli. Actually, let me rephrase that. My mom saw a person flying a heli uh, about 20 minutes from here, and, and that's it. Huh. And I have not heard of any heli clubs. I have not seen any heli clubs or anything up here. I'm betting so, there's one up there somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there is. There it is. The chair. Swear to God. The chair? The chair. Is there a chair? I heard a chair. Go creak. I did. Chair. Sorry, guys. I can't help it. <laughs> it's a very creaky chair. It, it, it kind of fits, uh, fits the perception sitting out on the... The deck out on yeah, the porch. Exactly. They're in they're in wooden rocking chairs on the porch. <laughs> snapping a gun. Snapping green gun beans. Snapping it was green beans. some sweet tea. Man. I don't, uh, say that again, I Justin. Heard, I heard that's the wrong North accent. Was like, that the wrong <laughs> accent? I don't know. I, I, I just rolled with it. <laughs> so, is that how they is, is that how they say it down there, Kyle? Say it again, Justin. But we, I don't think people heard it. Sweet tea. Sweet tea. Oh my goodness. That is <laughs> That's kind of like Forrest Gumpish, isn't it? A, a little yeah. bit. All right. Well, wasn't he from Tennessee? Somebody's got to be from Tennessee, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, who was from Tennessee? Uh, Hold on, I'm going to find something. He's going to Google. Keep, he's going to Google. Keep, keep, keep interviewing, Dan. <laughs> all right. So, let's get back to Rotary Mercy. Of course, first of all, we want to just say, dude, thank you for your support. We love the fact that Rotary Rotary Wing RC is a, as most of our listeners know, is a, a sponsor of our show. We do thank you so much for that support, and we hope that uh, your involvement with us is definitely beneficial to you as well. No, it, I mean, it, it's okay. I guess it's okay. You I, guess. I guess. Well, we'll I mean, send we'll send Jesse down. He when when <laughs> things get going rough, he we send him down for sexual favors. Oh, sexual favors! Oh, Man. wow! Yeah, I knew there and was then, one. Of them. And then people usually quit. <laughs> and then they usually <laughs> quit. <laughs> well, that's what happened. Because I, re- I refuse. Because Jesse goes that's down. He goes all the way down. He says, "I'm not doing that. No way in <laughs> hell am I doing that. I'm not doing that." What's so, wrong with you people? So it's just <laughs> okay. I got it. I got it, Dan. Are you ready? I'm ready, dude. Lay it on me. You know who was born in Tennessee? Mark Twain. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> seriously? There you go, dude. That's reason enough to move, Kyle. Yeah, get out of there. You might be right. I might Miley be out of here tomorrow. Freaking Silas. <laughs> Silas. <laughs> Is it, isn't that what her last name is? Silas. Cyrus. Oh, that's how. That's how closely I pay attention to that bullshit. And you know you type that into Google half a dozen times, so don't be, <laughs> yeah, don't be at least trick us. At least catching up everywhere. Hannah Montana episodes. Hannah Montana. <laughs> I mean, you are from Montana, right? So it just it 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 works. Isn't she the one that was like naked on a wrecking ball? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I might have been. I might have watched that video once or twice. 
Dan said that he knows. And if word. by once or twice you mean three dozen times, then yes. <laughs> don't judge me, Kyle. You don't judge me, do you? Uh, slightly, but not not a lot, not often. I'm more of a short burst kind of guy. Oh, you sure you want to admit that to thousands Did of people? You just, you just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that really something you want people to know about? Yeah. Man. It's a rough crowd, you gotta get You got to get that internal filter tuned, dude. I know, man. I know. All right, dude. So tell us how business has been, man. It's been how long now has Rotary Wing been? How long have you been open? And how's business? Um, I mean, technically, if we want to get, I mean, serious about it, it was in October of 2013. Okay. Um, but it more or less started um, about January. Um, but business is going great. I mean, getting, I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures, but yes. I mean, just getting more product in and, um, not too many more lines, we, you know, we've, uh, we're pretty much, you know, at the point where we've got everything we want. I mean, you know, we just picked up Spartan, Contronic. Other than that, there's really not too much that we need that, you know, we feel is super necessary. I mean, you know, along, along the road, we'll pick up more that's if there's a big call for it yeah. but you know since we're in florida it's you know law that we sell goblin so and, that's and vortex <laughs> and vortex goblin and vortex goblin and vortex right and that's law and uh but you know and bk servos those two i think they're all in you know one category of law i could be wrong but well you don't get your driver's license unless you have a goblin did you know about right. that Right. So everyone that's like 15 years old has a goblin. <laughs> that's what we're up for. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, your showroom. We've all been seeing the photos on Facebook. It's coming along very nicely. How how many square feet do you guys have? And do you get a lot of walk-ins? Um, we're, you know, it's mainly, you know, we're, we're meant to be online, but we, <laughs> we get more walk-ins uh, than we, originally expected i'll put it to you that way yeah um we do get actually a fair amount of walk-ins um square feet i honestly could not tell you offhand i've never really sat there and measured it uh but where the room comes in we're looking at expanding basically doubling it i'd say within six months or so it will be twice the size wow that's awesome if you wanted to minimize the number of walk-ins you got, Kyle, you'd have to make it look shittier than it does. Yeah, it looks it looks too nice. All the photos that I see make it look like completely legit. Like I'd want to go in there and shop. Well, in December, Screw the I, online thing. I expect all four of you. Well, Nick's not here, but I expect all four of you to at least you got you got to come by the shop. You got to you know give me a solid visit. Oh, oh yeah, but, dude. In December, absolutely. Oh yeah, we're three miles from torches. I'm, so. Well, I'm gonna be. St- I'm gonna now, be. St- I'm gonna be staying at your dad's house. <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, because I'll be there. Now, hold too. on, hold on. Let's let's talk about that. O- OHB in December. Are you gonna be a vendor at the event? Like, actually, have a table out there with stuff that you're selling, or what? Uh, that is up in the air. Um. What we're looking at right now is we will be a sponsor, and um, that is almost a hundred percent. And vendor is almost a hundred percent. 
So okay. there's, you know, nothing is set in stone at this current point, to my knowledge, but count on it. So we, it's, I mean, we'll be there. No, don't you worry. Well, our name will be there. We'll be all over the place. So uh, awesome. Oh yeah. So what about Urcha? Urcha. Um, it's a little tougher call, isn't it? Well, I know the definite answer for Urcha. Uh, this year, Urcha, we will not be making it. Aww. Oh, uh, that sucks. Dang. We have, um, you know, it's just me and my dad doing it. Uh, my dad is helping me a lot out with it. And it's, you know, like I said, it's just me and him. And if both of us were to go to Urcha, we would have to go for the whole time. It would be silly just to go a day or two days. And let's be honest here. The second you crash at Urcha, you have, you're putting in an order. So just this year, next year is, I mean, almost set in stone that we're going next year. Um, putting it on the calendar, just waiting. But just this year, it isn't the time. Yeah. We just need to keep it, you know. That's it's, understandable. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big expense. Oh yeah. A big expense. And, um, you know, no one here to run the company for a week. Well, that sucks. Can't you get one of your brothers to do it? I dude? know, man. Jeez. How many, you got like <laughs> You've 10, got don't enough you? of them. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have the, uh, I'll have the three-year-old and the eight-year-old do it. They how, got this. How hard can it be? I know. <laughs> hey, they can both fly a heli better than I can. There so you what go. am I going to do? Speaking of flying helis, what are you flying these days? I've seen some photos of a 500, or was it a 550 you were building? I actually have a 700 and an X3. Uh, I actually put in the 700 at <laughs> the mini blowout. Um, I was hovering inverted, I'd say about 12 inches. I was just fixing to come down just a little bit more, and all of a sudden it decided... Uh, it wanted to break a main linkage from the, uh, I didn't have the HPS head on it. It's an original 700 and the link broke Ooh. and it decided to plummet very fast into the ground. Huh. It was all of $20 to fix though. I broke the nylon bolts and the links and, uh, that was it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got, I got away clean. Didn't even break the blades. It was solid. I got, I, I crashed my goblin this weekend. You Ooh. did? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I didn't even fly it, but I crashed it. No fly. I didn't even fly. No, I, uh, when I got it, home. It, did it fall it off did. the wall? It did. fell off the wall. Oh, <laughs> oh you weren't joking. <laughs> I crashed it, man. It's crashed. I uh, Look, let me tell you something. Those, you've seen them, and hopefully you don't sell them. Those goblin wall hangers? Uh, Nope. You've seen them, though, right? The, uh, the metal I ones. Don't think I, have. I paid thirty-eight bucks for this goblin wall hanger, nice. and um, <laughs> it, it's made out of this really chintzy thin steel, or tin, or aluminum, or copper. I don't know, plastic. Crappy. <laughs> <So happy. laughs> and uh, I got home and opened up the back of my trailer to get some stuff out, and there's the goblin sitting <laughs> in two pieces. Oh. Dang. Broke oh, the, you literally it broke the tail boom off? Broke the tail boom off, broke the nylon bolts. Oh man. Yeah. That's all it did. So yeah. I got that going for me, which is nice. 
And here's the kicker. I actually had somebody offer me a 700 EFL or a 700 uh, DFC straight across. That was before it was crashed. (laughs) 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 So Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway. Oh, well. So what's your dad flying? Is he still, uh, is he still doing the goblin thing? Yeah. He's still doing the goblin thing. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we have an agile seven, um, that's getting ready to go up in the air. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that one. That seems like, I love that helicopter. Tell us why Justin loves one thing about that helicopter. The boom. Yeah. Yeah. He just, it just gets him all sorts of excited. I think it gets everybody. Now you're upset. you're actually starting to stock KDS, aren't you, Kyle? Uh, yeah, we have six kits in stock. There you go, Justin. Just the seven point two, or also the five point five? Also the five point five. All right. Huh. There you go, Justin. I believe it's three of each. Sweet. It's got your name written <laughs> on the seven point two. It says for Justin. It so, it may actually we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they're awesome. Uh, one of our team pilots, Greg Saint John, got one, and uh, he said ever since he got it, he has not picked up any of his other helicopters. Yeah, so, we got to see see a couple of them at the Othello Funfly last weekend, and it's it's a nice nice looking machine. Oh yeah, it's beefy. It really is. I mean, it looks huge. Nah. Dan says no. Nah. No. Dan, that's what you said about the goblin at first, too. Now look at where you're at. Oh, yeah, I have a King goblin that I'm trying to give it. away. Now it's laying in, in, on the ground in his trailer <laughs> in two pieces. I have a goblin that After I'm trying to give not, away. Yeah. Dude, that's the first flight it's seen in like six months. <laughs> <laughs> no, I flew it a while ago. A month or two ago. Once. For half a flight. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that bad. It's just small. That's all. You know? I don't know. Is it just a 500? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well, get yourself a turkey leg 700 and you'll see what all the rave is about. I flew one this weekend or last weekend. How'd you like it? Yeah. 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 That doesn't sound very promising. I like the Compass, Compass 7HV better. I have not had the chance to fly any Compass helicopters. You guys don't realize how much strength, inner strength that takes for me to say that. Oh, I know. <laughs> Remember what we talked about, Dan. You'll, you'll get through it. <laughs> so, Kyle, I wanted to make sure that uh, we took an opportunity to, to not only thank you for being a sponsor, but thank you for helping us out with our giveaways that we've been doing, uh, as most of our listeners know. And if you don't, you should know that uh, Rotor, Rotary Wing, God, I struggle with that name. Change it. You got to change it, man. It's pretty serious. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is. You should change it to Rotary Ring. So <laughs> Rotary, it's just double Rotary Ring. That's Rotary Ring RC. Hey, thanks for uh, for helping us out with those giveaways that we've been doing, man. It's uh, it's so much fun to to give back to listeners, and of course, you make that a lot easier for us to do, and we do appreciate that. It's honestly, it's it's really a pleasure for us too, as much as it is for you guys to please the people that listen to you. It's just as much fun for us to sit here and listen to it and be like, you know, we were a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've had some, uh, pretty fun giveaways. They're just, they're just a blast to do. And, uh, we do thank you for that 
support. They're well. they're even a blast just to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting! I'm like, who won? I wonder. I wonder who won. <laughs> we, we've yeah. uh, we got to do something though. We got to get um, we got to get Larry on the line. We got to figure out how to make it so overseas people stop. I mean, we've only given way to overseas people. What's up with that? You guys notice that? Yeah, that's true, dude. Yeah, both winners have been overseas. Uh, yeah, lucky bastard. I know we gotta we gotta do something <laughs> about that. Decrease the odds of winning if you're not from the United States somehow. Is that fair? Can we do that? Is that no, that's not. Really uh, that's not really fair. I don't think that's fair. They, they could counter it by buying two citizen numbers. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All righty, Kyle. Well, um, before we let you go, first of all, again, thanks for coming on. But tell us, tell our listeners uh, and us, I guess, how would we uh, how would we find your website and get in touch with you if we need had any questions or whatnot? Well, um. You could go on rotarywingrc.com, order anything you want from there. Absolutely. Or if you have any specific questions, uh, you could get a hold of me or my dad at 407-222-6698. goes to a personal cell phone of ours, so get us every time. Or if you're just feeling like you can wait, you can shoot us an email at rotarywingrc at gmail.com, which goes to both of our phones. So again, it's, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty right away. So yeah. pretty much any way you try and get a hold of us, I mean, we'll be, we'll be pretty on top of it. So, uh, at least, you know, at the very longest within 45 minutes to an hour. Sounds real good, dude. I know, um, well, part of the reasons we were going to have you on, uh, to kind of talk about the mini OHP, but that's kind of, kind of come and gone. And, uh, I do apologize for not getting you on sooner to talk about that, but, uh, that, you know, it's kind of come and gone. People have been talking about it for a while now. So, but yep. I'm, I'm assuming you had a good time. Oh, we had an awesome time. Um, my favorite part of it was probably putting in the 700 and getting our team picture. Yeah. Which was awesome. Did uh, Chris Treby come down to stay with you guys? Chris Treby definitely came down to stay with us. Did, it he, was... did he organize your house? <laughs> 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 can't find anything uh, after he leaves we couldn't let chris in our house he would have a heart attack <laughs> It'd be, crazy. It'd be like man i got some funny stories about chris i'm hoping that i can drive my trailer down there one of these years and lock him in there uh, it's gonna look so nice <laughs> i'll give you guys okay i remember last time we talked you asked me about how you know just a a little i can't even think of it uh, a little thing about how he is OCD. If you open his beverage refrigerator, all of the labels are facing forward. Oh, and I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. And everything is in straight lines. It's serious. I, pulls, have you ever gone serious. in there and like turned one around and screwed up one of the rows? No, but he does pull from the back. Oh my gosh. Seriously? <laughs> I swear. That's it's funny. awesome. I'm telling you, it's the nicest looking refrigerator you've ever opened. I That's can awesome. I hope that I get a chance to, to hang out at his house. I am gonna wreak havoc on Chris's life. <laughs> <laughs> just just by being there. Jams oh, no. uh, 
Dan's going to run around on the platinum chariot and just start moving stuff. <laughs> just move things around. <laughs> <laughs> Where are my needle nose pliers? They're supposed to be right here. And they're two inches to the left. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Chris. You hang on. All right, man, we're going to let you go, and we're going to get on with the show. We do appreciate you stopping by, hanging out, chatting with us for a little bit. And uh, Well, it was good talking to you guys again, and definitely had a good time. Excellent. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. All right, thanks, guys. Better take it easy, man. And you know what, Nick? If I puff one more set of lipos, I think I'm going to go insane. Dude, well, you're telling me that you're not running Gen Z's packs? Ever since I started running them, man, I'm getting over 200 cycles on these sets of packs. If you're still puffing them, you need to get up to speed. I think I'm going to go check those out and get myself a set right now. So there it is, guys. If you want a reliable set of packs at a fair price, Gen Z's batteries. You can find them at hobbyparts.com. As most of you know, Justin had the privilege. God, I can't talk tonight, guys. My God. <laughs> and you're really recovering <laughs> you from the fellow, dude. Start dude. over. <laughs> Justin had the privilege, even, of uh, doing a review on a Goblin Speed. And uh, we actually were very mm-hmm. fortunate to actually see this thing in action this past weekend. But Justin is going to give us a rundown, what he thinks, and uh, of course, I'm sure there'll be a written review as well here coming out shortly. But Justin, go ahead and tell us uh, tell us about that speed, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, so first off, to clear that up, there will be a written review, and that is planned to go live with this show. So, if you're hearing it right now, then the review should be up on our website. Just go to the bottom of the website and check it out in the the little rotating review pictures gallery. But yeah, on to the actual review. So yes, I did have the privilege of reviewing the SAB Goblin Speed. And this has been, to me, this has been an awesome review. Before I go into the review, I got to do the thank yous. That's very important. Huge thanks to Burt Kammerer, SAB Heli Division, Heli Direct, and our very own nation citizen number 12, our buddy Chris Treby. All of these people helped in one way or another, contributed in one way or or another to giving us this opportunity to do the speed review. So, you know, this one, this one starts out a little weird. When I first announced I was going to do the speed review, I got a number of listeners giving me a hard time because if you fast forward, actually not fast forward, rewind back to when the, the Goblin speed was announced and I think it was you know late last year we did a news segment on it and I had made a comment in passing that I it was not my style I didn't like the look of it I just I wasn't I wasn't sure whether I liked it aesthetically well now I'm doing a review on it and I can tell you I absolutely love it but there has been no shortage of listeners pointing out that I'm hypocritical. So (laughs) thank you guys. I appreciate it. (laughs) Hey, at least I came back and admitted it, right? Yeah. you. And you, it's your prerogative to change your mind. That's right. That's right. I can change my mind if I want. That's right. Okay. So why are we doing the review on the speed? Well, I've talked over the last year or so about the fact that I was always personally very interested in the speed scene, never really knew how to get into it. And if you guys have done any research at all, you know that it's filled with 
a lot of extremely rare, extremely expensive helicopters. So when the, the Goblin Speed was announced, we got a number of listeners that said, hey, we'd be interested in hearing your guys' thoughts on this if you could get a review. So got in contact with Bert and Chris and SAB and made it happen earlier this year. And uh, I have not been so excited about a heli, a single heli in a long time. So let's uh, let's see what we can come up with here. The Goblin Speed, first and foremost, is not a pure speed heli. And this is something that I really want to clear up for all of you speed heli elitists out there uh, that want to want to give this heli crap or think that it's a joke. SAB themselves in the first page of their manual writes the following. The Goblin Speed is the best compromise between a 3D helicopter and a full body aerodynamically efficient speed helicopter. The Goblin Speed incorporates all the best parts and components SAB Heli Division has to offer in order to support the most extreme power systems available on the market today. Kit combines incredible design features with good aerodynamic properties. So up front, these guys are saying, hey, look, we know that this is not going to be the next world record breaker. This is not a Banshee or a Diablo killer. And, you know, when you when you get up front and personal with the heli, what you'll see is it it doesn't differ significantly from the Goblin 700 or the 700 competition model. Uh, there are bits and pieces that they've added to make it uh, ideal for speed flight. And we'll go over that in a few minutes. But really, the basis for this helicopter design is the tried and true Goblin 700. So starting out with the with opening the box. I think I mentioned a couple of episodes back that the thing came in a pretty beefy box. I actually thought it had two helis in it. It didn't. It's only one heli. And the reason why it's so huge is because of the canopy. It really is something you've got to see in person to to really appreciate it. It's not the same size as a typical 700 size canopy. It's tall. It's long. It's awesome. Um, Like pretty much all of the other goblet kits, goblin kits out there uh it comes well organized in the box you've got the little foam pads with each of the major chunks of aluminum uh segregated into head tail drivetrain so on and so forth comes with the boom stuff uh the canopy and then it comes with sab 720 millimeter speed blades so these are blades that sab designed particularly for this heli and then 95 millimeter speed tail blades. Uh, it's the same size as as your standard 700 class heli. Again, built off of the Goblin 700 competition. And really the main differences between the two helis, for those who haven't seen them in person, is that it has a set of additional front-facing frames that attach to the Goblin 700 competition frames that sort of uh, increase the length and the height of the nose and allow you to put the ESC up top, sort of more where you would expect a conventional 700 electric ESC to be, so right in front of the motor mount. And what this basically does is it allows you to get the ESC forward for CG purposes, 
uh, and it also allows you to minimize the length of wire uh, running between the ESC and the motor. The other major differences between the speed and the competition are its landing skids. You guys have probably seen at least a picture or two of the little tiny skids that kind of stick out towards the back. Uh, it also has, obviously, the canopy. Canopy is a is a completely different setup. And then the tailbox. It comes with a pretty neat all-aluminum tailbox with the word speed laser etched on the top. Black anodized. Just really cool looking. And its own sort of stylish vertical tail fin. So the build itself goes really, really, really easy. I mean, I I'm slow when it comes to builds. You guys, you can definitely vouch for that. Just in standard time, <laughs> I'm super slow, super meticulous. And for me, even with taking photos to document the, the progress for the review, I got through the major portion of this build in a bit over five hours. Wow. So, you know, the, the frames go together so easily. There are not a lot of parts. Really, the major portion of the build comes in the drivetrain, the transmission assembly, and there's there's nothing to it. Plus, you get a 48-page color-printed manual that goes through each of the major sub-assembly steps very logically. Uh, good written descriptions throughout. They they give you tips and advice on all of the key features. So, you know, it, it it's a pleasure to build. If you haven't built a goblin before, um, you will. I think you'll you'll appreciate this if you end up picking up the speed. If you have built a goblin before, then it should go together super super easy. Uh, as far as features that are different in the frame assembly uh, from what we've seen in previous kits. I already made or met, I already mentioned the two front main frame sides, and those are the ones that are sitting up in front at the nose to bring the ESC up. Okay. And these are all two millimeter uh, plates of carbon fiber. So super beefy. The landing skids are awesome. Okay. They're tiny, right? But SAB gave us three millimeter carbon fiber. It is the stiffest, beefiest carbon fiber I've ever put my hands on. And you think about it with those little tiny skids having to actually support the weight of the heli on there. It makes sense. Uh, they are a little bit heavier. And if you've made the regular skids out of it, it would be way, way overbuilt. But it's nice to see that high quality carbon fiber in there. As, as far as the front skids go, they're not really skids. Those two smaller front frame sides that I talked about actually have little nubs on the bottom. Uh, they're sort of a rounded bump, uh, and the heli just tips forward and rests on those. So you can choose between landing skid styles. There are two of them. They're the shorter ones that I've been talking about, and those are ideal for speed. Because they're tiny and they're backward swept. So they minimize the amount of drag that is added to the whole heli at high speed. Or if you're uncomfortable with the stability of the shorter skid setup, then you can get going initially with a larger forward swept skids. 
Now, the forward swept skids, uh, the best I can describe them is that they look like a standard set of Goblin 700 skids, but without the front portion. So it kind of like it sweeps back like the smaller skids. And then there's a long six or eight inch chunk that sticks out forward. So it gives you more area to land the heli down on. The other cool thing that they give you is now, and this may come in the new competition kits. I don't know, but they give you a wire support brace, which is a little piece of carbon fiber that bolts across uh, one of the two frame side openings um, where the belt tensioner is sort of the, the mid to back section of the frame. And what that does is it allows you to run all of the wires from the front portion of the heli, namely the ESC throttle wire up along that that piece of carbon fiber so that it doesn't have to snake all around up and down inside the frames. The transmission assembly, again, the heart of the heli, is pretty much the same as the standard Goblin 700 series of helis. All aluminum and metal gearing. Uh, it's a two-stage system, which if you haven't seen before, it's it really is beautiful. Um, it, it comes standard with a metal main gear and metal drive pinion. And this is because the amount of load that we're putting on this heli at speed. The, the standard Goblin 700 only comes with a plastic main gear. And so this is, this is a pretty nice up, upgrade. It's a beefy steel, blackened steel main gear. And it also comes with a 22-tooth motor pulley. So let's see. Main rotor assembly, the head. It comes standard with the SAB HPS head, which is sort of a big burly version of a standard conventional fly barless head. If you haven't seen it, it comes with nice turnbuckle style links uh, so that you can adjust the pitch uh, very finely and on the heli without having to pop the links off. They've got the left hand and the right hand thread. So you just use a, a wrench to twist from the swash plate to the head and get everything lined up perfectly. The, the rotor assembly itself is, is the standard 700 HPS head. There's nothing different there. Uh, and so apparently that head design is capable of taking the much higher stresses, uh, that you're going to see at the high head speeds, uh, in a speed heli tail rotor and boom assembly. Again, very, very similar to the 700 competition. It's got the one-piece carbon fiber sort of tubular tail boom. Uh, the metal speed case at the back. Other than the speed case itself, the tail rotor system is exactly the same. So it has the 6mm tail drive shaft. It has the pulley that attaches to that. And then your pitch slider system with the damped tail rotor. So it's a, it's a larger diameter tail rotor that actually has a spindle in it and two rubber O-ring dampers. On to electronic stuff. The, the servos fit into the Goblin Speed exactly the same as they do in any of the other Goblins. Again, like I said, the transmission, the core of the transmission is exactly the same. A tooth count on some of the gears may be different for the, the speed specifics, but it's all 
all the same stuff that you have in your other goblins, which, by the way, really makes it nice. I want to hit on that point. The cool thing about this, uh, again, for for the speed heli elitist that would hate on this heli, is that this thing has 99% of its parts are common with all of the other goblins out there. So you don't feel like you're having to invest in a completely new machine with unique part source and, you know, a hard time finding replacements and spares. Really, only the few items that I mentioned that are unique, like the canopy and a couple of the frame bits, uh, are speed specific. And all the rest of it, you can stock common parts, common crash parts alongside your Goblin 700, 770, and in certain cases, the 630. So that's that's really nice. The, the I want to touch on the servos a little bit because there's a key point here on the servos. Yes, it's set up exactly the same as the standard Goblin 700. No, not all servos fit as well as you'd like them to. I had a little bit of a challenge with this early on, and the reason why is because this canopy is super tight-fitting. The whole idea behind it is, let me minimize the cross-sectional area of this so that I have minimized my aerodynamic drag. I want it to be slippery. I want it to slice through the air. Having a big, fat canopy on there does not help with that. And so, as a result, the SAB guys designed this canopy to be very tightly toleranced. And for those of you familiar with the Goblin 700, the right cyclic servo, the back corner sort of sticks out. It's it's the furthest extent of servo case in all of the three as far as sticking out towards the canopy. And as a result, depending on your canopy fit and your servo sizing, you may actually have a situation where that back corner of the servo comes in contact with the canopy. Now, SAB knows this, and they even went as far as to tell you in the manual to watch out for it, and you may need to put some foam or some double-sided tape, something there to, to, to sort of pad things. But I did a bunch of research on this when I first got it, and I'm able to provide you guys with a little bit of guidance on what to look for bottom line is if the distance between the bottom of your servo case and the flange of the case that that mounts to the actual heli is 31 millimeters or less then you're going to have no issues with fit may not even come in contact with the canopy side from 31 to 33 millimeters it actually can get pretty darn tight and it will rub the the corner of the servo case. Um, now, you know, depending on how tight it is, it you know, who knows whether it's going to rub a hole in the canopy or not. I've got one that comes in contact with the canopy with the servos that I'm running, the MKS HBL 665s, but I've not damaged the canopy in any way. It hasn't rubbed a hole. It just kind of sits there. It's no big deal. If you've got one of those big, long servos that are 33 millimeters or or longer then you're probably not going to be able to make it work uh, unless you do some serious customization and what i mean by that is get your grinder out and go to town on the servo case if you don't mind doing that then is there a list is there a list somewhere of servos that that will absolutely work without any modification 
there is. Uh-huh. I, I I came up with one just for this review. Very nice. <laughs> so, and, and this is not necessarily comprehensive, Dan, but I tried to hit on the major brands that people would be looking for. So MKS, the... 665s and the HBL 850, which is the X8 servos, those guys will fit. This list, for the record, is everything at 31 millimeters or smaller. The Futaba BLS 451s, 351s, the 156HV, those will fit. Savox uh, 2284s and the 2273s. The BK DS7001. And then if you're an aligned servo person, the BL-800s and the DS-610s will fit. I'm sure there are a bunch of other servos out there. And and like I said, there's still that gray area from about 31 to 33 millimeters where you'll probably be able to make it work. The other caveat I want to add is that every canopy is different, guys. And so you, you want to make sure you check this on yours. Uh, the canopy that I had available to me uh, below 31 millimeters was not a problem. Above 33 was. If you get something that's a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller, it may change things. But again, this is not, I don't want people to think that this is a design flaw. This is by design. They're trying to keep the canopy right. as tight to the heli as possible. Can you do a bit of heat shaping on it if you need if You were you can. And in fact, I did do that. Yeah, I got out the heat gun and a a couple of socks and I got everything molded around and it fits perfectly fine. Nice. You'd never know it happened. Servos. One last thing to touch on. I've been getting a ton of questions about this. What kind of a servo do I want to go for? Is it the fastest you can get or the torquiest you can get? Or is it something in between? The answer is we don't really care all that much about speed within reason. I mean, don't go out and get one of those old school like 0.2 second servos. That's not going to help anyone. But the 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 idea behind this is if you don't have enough torque to hold the blades in the right position, in the right pitch under these huge loads that this heli is going to be seeing at high speed, then you're screwed because you'll end up stalling the servo and that becomes a bad day. I mean, you're moving at over a hundred miles an hour and you get a servo stall. Uh, uh-uh. uh, it's not going to turn out well. Then it doesn't matter so, how fast the servo is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I've heard of people in my own research, I've heard of people, actually a lot of people in the hardcore speed community that still run BLS 451s at six volts. And the 451 comes in at a pretty modest 150 inch ounces as far as stall torque goes. Uh, I I decided to go with the MKS 665s uh, and they're at about 210 and I've had no issues whatsoever. Tail servo, don't worry about it. Go with whatever tail servo you typically use on a 3D heli, whatever your favorite one is. Fly barless system, I chose to put the Bavarian Demon 3SX on it. Um, not only because I'm I'm on the team and so I, I fly it anyway, but also because if you do a little bit of reading on the hardcore speed scene, Bavarian Demon appears to be sort of the universally accepted standard for speed fly barless systems, just with all of the, the variety of tuning capabilities you have and its behavior at high speed 
Uh, it is used by a lot of competitive speed pilots out there. The other one that comes in sort of second is the Beast X. I've heard of a lot of people running V-Bar or one of the others, Icon, but not in any serious competitions. So, you know, think think that through. Uh, again, this heli is a hybrid speed and 3D heli. So if you're not sure whether you want to get into speed and you're sort of testing the waters, don't feel bad about putting all of your standard stuff on it. Just set it up like a 3D heli and go out and fly it, do some speed runs. And if you end up not liking the speed thing, you've still got a really awesome 3D heli that'll fly just as hard as a Goblin 700 competition, uh, but it looks unique. It'll it'll definitely be a head turner at the field because you're not going to see many people out there with but it. But everybody will expect you to fly it fast. They They will. Well, the nice thing is, though, Dan, that it's so sleek looking, it looks fast on the bench. <laughs> So you probably don't have to do much in the air to get people to 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 be excited. Yeah. So canopy, I, I want to touch on one or two things here on the canopy, other than the fact that it is sexy as hell. It has probably one of the coolest features that I've ever seen on a heli before, and it's the rear locking mechanism system. This thing, it has two brass pins and an M3 cap screw that stick out of one side flange it's on uh, on one side of the canopy sort of towards the rear and then there are matching holes on the other flange and so when you sort of if you can visualize this when you combine the two halves sort of like close the clamshell the pins lock into position and then there's a little hole on the left side that you stick a hex driver in and you tighten down the m3 into a nylock nut and you lock the whole canopy together in one piece so it doesn't blow apart at speed nice which is really freaking cool the downside of the canopy is the thumb screws now this is if you know every kit has to have a negative every review has to have a negative right the thumb screws are my negative, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal, but I, I got to give people the heads up. These are those big, beefy aluminum thumb screws, sort of similar to what you've seen on the standard Goblin kits, except it's a lower profile head. It's not it's it doesn't have a lot of outside knurled area to actually use your fingers to tighten. So I use an M3 hex driver. Uh, on the little screw that is set into it to tighten the thing. The problem with this is that the aluminum is really soft. And if you don't keep it well lubricated with like a tri-flow or something like that, or if you cross thread it, uh -huh. which by the way is really easy because again, the canopy is a tight fit and it doesn't always sit up against those canopy positioners on the frame all that well, then you can gall this and get it stuck. I've actually been unfortunate enough to get two canopy uh, thumb screws stuck, and it's uh, it's a little frustrating. It ends up not being that big of a deal to get fixed. What I end up doing is starting with like a three millimeter drill bit and drilling the core of the M3 out, and then going to like a six or an eight and drilling out the softer aluminum thumb screw body, and then the whole thing comes off. That's the way you should do it so that you don't damage your canopy. 
The first time I didn't think of that and I used a Dremel cutoff wheel. Ooh. Well, that generates a lot of heat and that heat then melts the canopy grommet. So I had to fix that. But if you keep them lubed and you make sure that the canopy positioner on the frame always sits inside the rubber grommet before you tighten things down, then you're good to go. If you're not confident you're going to be able to do that, then make sure you have spares. Uh, I actually noticed okay. I noticed the same thing with my 500, to be honest with you. That real. Oh, really? Yeah. You've got issues with that? Yeah, that, that aluminum is really soft and it does cross-thread real easy. I hadn't thought about trying a little lubrication on there, but when you pull it out sometimes or when you get, you'll notice you'll see the aluminum dust on the grommet. Yep. And see, yeah, you get that here too. And here's the thing though, dude. I mean, I have a 770 and I used to own a 700. I never had that problem. It's only been with this one. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay, before we get to actually flying the thing, I want to touch on one more major deal, and that is the power system. This really is the key to the whole speed helicopter and, 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 and what makes the difference between a speed and any other 3D heli. Okay, it's key here to make sure that you choose the thing, the power components correctly and set them up correctly. Because we're talking about pushing a couple hundred amps, potentially, through this helicopter. And at those kinds of currents, there's not a lot of margin for error on setup and build. So you got to take your time here, okay? This is where you have the potential to spend the most time and money tuning and buying and iterating. Um, if you want, you could actually spend one and a half to two times the price of the actual kit just on power system components. Uh, but as I mentioned several episodes ago, the way I wanted to do this review was to set it up as a beginner review or a, a sort of a first entry, entry level setup into speed for the person that thinks they want to give speed a try, but they're not completely committed to it. They don't have, you know, thousands of dollars to throw at one heli and get it all customized, and they may still want to stick with 3D. So to that end, my power system was chosen uh, using components that a typical 3D helicopter would have in them. So the key components for the power system, right? ESC, motor, batteries. The two that a lot of people don't think of that I'm going to add to that list are wires and connectors. Those are key at these currents. So you can go with 14S or you can go with 12S. I decided to go with 12S again because I wanted something that was a typical 3D heli setup. 14S obviously with the higher voltage means that for the same power level, your current's lower. So you're stressing things less. Things are heating up less. If you're super serious about it and you know you're committed, I just go 14S from the start. I did not because I wanted to get a feel for what it could do on a standard 12S system. You're pretty much looking at 160 to 200 amp or more speed controllers, regardless of what brand you want to run. The typical ones you'd look at here, are Castle Creations has got an Edge 160, only 12S capable. 
Scorpion 160 is a 14S. You've got the Contronic Cosmics. There's a 160 and a 200 amp, both 14S. YGE's got a 160 and a 320, 14S. Uh, Jetty has a Master Spin Pro Series, 200 or 300 amps. Those are also 14S. Any of those are going to get the job done. It just depends on what you're looking to do. So I, I decided to go with the Castle Creations Edge. And I'll tell you, I got a lot of crap for this, by the way. In fact, I can remember I posted on Facebook a picture of the 160. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait. This is going to my goblin speed. And a bunch of people posted derogatory comments about, oh, I wonder how many flights that's going to last. Or I wonder when that's going to blow up. Or that'll be a really fast fireball. (laughs) Well, it, it, it didn't happen. I mean, we've talked about this over the last number of episodes, and it 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 performed like a champ. Okay, so the 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 ESC we went with was the Castle Edge 160. On the motor, I went with a Scorpion uh, HK 4530 540 Limited Edition. Uh, it's got a peak power of about 11 kilowatts, weighs in at 565 grams. The, for for the motor guys, you really can't go wrong with any of the standard 45 millimeter diameter stator motors with a stator length between 30 and 40, 45 millimeters. That's about the right size for two reasons. One, because of the weight and two, because of the peak power. You want to target a peak power in the eight to 10 or more kilowatt range. And I wouldn't go above 650 grams on the weight. You want to keep this thing light. It's already pretty beefy with that larger canopy on it. So I went with 565. There are other ones out there that are heavier and have more power. I don't think it's worth it. So I'd personally stay away from the monster motors or like the 50 millimeter diameter stators. I just I don't think you get any more bang for your buck. The other thing you want to look for is go with a motor that has a single strand large diameter wire. Okay, usually in the 1.5 to 1.8 millimeter range, but generally speaking above one millimeter. The reason I say that is they differ from the multi-strand wires in that the single larger diameter generally has a lower overall resistance. And so uh, you're going to have less dissipation at high current, which means you're more uh, efficient and you're going to get less heating, less high temperatures. Okay, so the motor I chose has got a 1.5 millimeter single strand and it's a nine turn. Batteries, this uh, this is the part that that really kills us. Okay, the batteries, we've talked about how crappy the battery industry is and and how hard it is to really know what you're getting out of a battery because of the artificially inflated C ratings that these companies advertise. And it doesn't make it any easier for someone who wants to uh, fly speed, because if you recall, the more current you draw out of the battery, the lower the voltage sags. Well, the problem with that is that the voltage is what's going to determine how well you can hold head speed under load. And so if your battery is sagging so badly that you're losing six or 700 RPM in a speed run, what's the point? So. You want to you wanna do some research on packs. Uh, we already know from a realistic standpoint, you're never going to find anything with a true rating in excess of about 35C. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, on 12S, it's even more important to look at this because the currents are that much higher than 14S. Uh, and I decided to to basically then go and try a variety of different pack sizes and brands just to get a feel for things. So I, I've been running this thing um, on a Pulse 5045C pack, measured C ratings about 32C, Spider 6 or 12S 5300s, 30C measured, Genzase 4400, 35Cs come in at about 26C. And then, uh, as you recall, I'm doing a review on the OptiPower 5000 milliamp hour 50Cs, and they're coming in right now at about 35C. So make sure you get good batteries. Finally, wires and connectors. There's not really a lot to say about this, but the current's huge. Go with big wires, 8 to 10 gauge. Go with short wire lengths so that you minimize the amount of resistance that you're adding and go with at least six millimeter connectors. I'm running the RC Pro Pluses and the PRC Sixes. They both fit very tightly, so I don't have to worry about a loose connection. Uh, And they both have current capabilities in excess of 200 amps continuous. Also, make sure you know how to solder, okay? Because a bad solder joint at 200 amps is going to go bad very quickly. So make sure, even if you got to practice, those joints better be shiny and clean looking when you are done. Or send them to Justin. He'll he'll solder for you. Or, yeah, or send them to me because (laughs) I don't want to hear about your speed heli going up in flames. (laughs) And one last point on the wires, guys. I, I actually went with eight gauge and I minimized the length to not exceed four inches between the ESC board and the connectors that plug into the battery, not the total length from the ESC to the battery, but just the ESC wires themselves, the input connectors, and then about four inches or less between the motor and the ESC. Also between the motor and the ESC, I did a direct solder joint instead of putting them on connectors. Uh, It's just one less link in the chain Uh, And if you get a good solid solder joint, then you don't have to worry about having any loosening of the connectors or any sort of issue like that. The other thing I did that goes along with the power system discussion is that I put one of the castle uh, capacitor packs on the front. Now, the edge already comes with a load of input capacitance, but I wanted to make sure that my ripple was as low as possible under these loads. And so the cap pack helps a lot with that last mention on the power system and then we'll get into how it flies you got to choose your pinion correctly the kit ships with a 22 tooth pinion and if you're running one of the more expensive escs let's say for example the cosmic then you've probably got a pretty good uh, spread of head speed available for a given pinion for me on the castle I looked at if you go to set RPM mode, the the highest it will go before it says, you know, does not have enough to handle this head speed any further or minimal headroom, whatever it's called. And and for me, the 22 tooth gave me 2200 RPM. And so I had to do four different pinions to do this testing. 22 for 2200, 23 for 2300, so on and so forth, up to the 25 tooth for 2500 rpm 
If you do the head speed calculations on some of the other ESCs, you may find that you're able to get 24 or 2500 out of a 22 or a 23 tooth pinion. That's great. Choose whatever makes sense. But the key here is that regardless of how you gear the thing, you want you want your head speed of choice. So let's just say you want to fly at 2500. At 2500 for your ESC to be sitting in the 90ish percent range on total throttle percentage on the signal so that under load you're operating at 100% duty cycle. And what I mean by that is, you, you know, we've talked about this before. These ESCs have little switches in there called FETs. Uh, the duty cycle being um, how much of the total time of a cycle is it switched on versus off. When you're at 100% duty cycle, they're switched on the whole time. And that's good because at those higher duty cycles, you don't get as much heating. Every time one of those things switches 150 to 200 amps, it's dissipating heat in the fat and stuff warms up really quickly. So you got to gear it such that under load, you're up at the 90 to 100% range. I did run with a governor, uh, but you don't, first of all, you don't need to run with a governor. Um, I, I did just because I wanted to see how it performed. And second of all, you don't need your governor to be awesome aggressive or super tight on control this is not your typical 3d governor where you want it to be able to hold head speed under all the smack loads you've got a 5 10 15 second constant load all you need for that thing to do is to be able to do its best to maintain the head speed you've set it at and 5 10 15 seconds is like thousands of years to the control loop it's it, it it's very easy for it to catch up with those long times. So Dan, you know how I've been taste testing a lot of different helis lately. Well, I think it's about time to try out a new flavor. I'm wondering if you've got any suggestions for me as to what to look at next. Dude, did you not read Nick's review on the Blade 700X? Man, you've got to head over to Blade Helicopters and check out their new Pro Series helis. Oh man, you're right. That 700X looks like it's just the ticket. Well, I'm off to www.bladehelis.com to check out my next flavor. On to what everyone's been waiting for, and that's flight performance. This thing is a kick in the freaking pants, man. I, I, I've i said this to a number of people. I honestly don't know what I like better about the heli, the sound or the actual speed. So <laughs> first things first, I, I set up two idle ups. My first one is 1800 RPM. Okay. My second one is the speed that I want to go fly at. Before you guys go out and fly the thing as a speed heli, the manual suggests that you give it a couple of break-in flights. So I set mine up at 1,800 RPM and just kind of putted around, you know, did some circuits, did some very light 3D, nothing smacky or anything like that, some big air. just to. And, and, and this is mainly, guys, to get the the metal-on-metal metal main gear system to wear in a little bit. 
You get that thing lubed up about every 20 flights. Make sure that it's settling in, sort of bedding in, if you will. And after two or three flights, you can start opening it up a bit. So 1,800 RPM, 1,900, whatever you're comfortable with, they they suggest you don't exceed 18 or 1,900 on the first few flights. And so I stuck at 1,800. It's plenty fast at 1,800, just for the record. Once you've gotten through those, then you can move on to the actual speed flying. Now, one of the suggestions that they make in the manual, and I agree completely, this is just best practice for speed flying, is you've got to start off on the ground and when you originally take off at a lower head speed. Do not flip into idle up two at 2,500 RPM, 10 feet away from you. That is incredibly unsafe. So what I do is I spool up at 1,800. I lift it off into a hover. I do a couple of pirouettes. I look at it. I look for shakes. I look for weird tendencies. And then I move the heli out to 30, 40, 50 feet away from me, bring it up in height to about 30 feet, and start traveling to the left or the right to whatever direction I'm going to do my first speed pass on. And then I flip it up to the high head speed. You have to rethink safety, guys, when it comes to this sort of a thing. That means pre-flight checks before every flight. I go through every single bolt. Am I being conservative? Maybe. But all it takes is one thing going wrong. And at 2,500 RPM and over 100 miles an hour, it's certainly not going to be good for the heli. And it can put you and others around you at risk. So please take that into consideration. Once you get it up at head speed, the flying itself is great. I mean, you're you're probably going to have to get used to the whole speed flying thing. The easiest way to do it is doing your stall turns. If you're planning on getting one of these helis, use an existing heli to practice the stall turns. I actually did that and it helped a lot because my left side stall turns weren't as comfortable as my right. Now it's no big deal because I've done so many runs. But the basic idea is go ahead and pull yourself up into a stall turn. Get your nose facing down. Make sure at at the top of the stall turn, everything looks straight. Everything looks even. Uh, Your nose is not pointing in the wrong direction. You don't have any tilt on on, uh, left to right roll because you want to make sure that you set up for a straight run. And you want to make sure that it's going parallel to the flight line. I'll tell you, one of the scariest things you'll ever see is when you get to the bottom of the stall turn and you're pulling out straight and you're now easily over 120 miles an hour and you realize that it has an ever so slight angle towards you. That's scary because it may go right over your head. I've never (laughs) had that happen, but I've seen the angle and I've immediately aborted and cleaned up the run, (laughs) went up and tried it again. But the basic idea here, you go up in your stall turn, you drop back down. Now you should have negative, uh, you should have, I'm not negative, I'm sorry, you should have neutral collective pitch through the stall turn. When you begin to level out, okay, right around 30 to 50, 60 feet off the ground, you're going to start slowly pulling back elevator, And feeding in collective. And the whole idea is that by the time you get to level, you are at full collective 
and your nose is pitched forward by 15 to 30 degrees, depending on the speed and the settings. And if you do it correctly, if you nail it correctly, it requires very little, if any, elevator input to keep the thing flying steadily. Um, if you don't do it correctly, then you got to hold a lot of elevator or you'll get the dreaded pitch up, which uh, will cause you to change your shorts. The pitch up <laughs> happens when you give too too much elevator or collective at the wrong time. And basically, it does exactly what it sounds like. It pitches up and it's scary. Um, if it pitches up hard enough or at high enough speed, you can boom strike the heli itself just because of the loads will explode. I've had a couple of pitch ups early on. Uh, I've now figured out how not to do it. And then once you get into the run, you just hold it steady. Hold the heading steady. At the speeds we're going to be seeing on this heli to get through the standard FAI competition course length, which is 200 meters, a little over 600 feet, it takes between three and a half and four seconds uh, to get through that distance. So, you know, you kind of count it out in your Jeez. head and you'll get a better better feel for things. Ass, and then yeah. it's moving, dude. It's absolutely moving. And And then here's the other trick. You're going to go up and do another stall turn on the other side, right? How do you do? How do you think you do that? You just pull up on elevator? Eh, wrong. You better get that collective out quick. If, you, if you've got 15 degrees of collective in that thing and you start pulling up elevator, back elevator, you are going to blow the freaking speed controller out of the heli. Because the current, the current at that point in the maneuver becomes very, very significant. Mm -hmm. Not only have you been under load for the last five or so seconds, so your voltage droop is at a maximum at this point on the pack for a given run, but then you've already got 15 degrees of, or of collective in there, and now you try to change directions rapidly by bringing in back elevator. And it it's bad. It's really bad. And you can see that in the logs on the ESC. So bring yourself back to uh, I, I sort of bring my collective back to what I consider to be a hover collective. So, you know, five ish, six ish degrees, about a third above uh, center. Stick. And you do that simultaneously, and right? I mean, you mix it. In, you do. Yeah. You don't initially because you're not experienced and you don't know what the hell's going on and everything's happening really fast. But eventually you do get to the point where you're feathering out collective as you bring in the the elevator. Yeah. And the way you'll know if you haven't done it correctly, if you've got logging on your ESC and luckily I did on the castle is you go and look at your log and at the end of each run. If your max current for the run occurs at the end, then you're doing it wrong. The max current should occur at the beginning when you initially put in the full collective. If your peaks at the end of the run, at the end of the hump, then you've got too much collective and too much elevator going. As far as tuning, a lot of people had questions on fly barless tuning for this thing. It's a completely different world. As you increase the head speed, you're going to reduce your head gain, okay? So, again, I'm flying the Bavarian Demon. 
I am at 2,500 RPM, I'm at a gain, a head gain of around 40%. Now, to give you a feel for things, I typically fly my 3D helis, depending on the brand and the head speed, at between 70 and 80% on the head. So it's a pretty significant reduction. And the reason why is that at that speed, with these heavier and further out CG'd blades, you gain an enormous amount of stability in the head just because of the inertia of the of the rotor blades themselves. So you don't need as much uh, correction from the control system. On the tail, you run very low tail gain as well. If you remember earlier on, I said that we've got 95 millimeter tail blades. Well, the reason for that is uh, we want to minimize the amount of drag that's caused by the tail. And we want to minimize the amount of power that the tail takes away from the main rotor because we want as much power as possible to go into speed, not keeping the thing straight. Uh, so what you do is you bring your tail, you have to bring your tail gain down really low or else you'll get into a crazy buzzing wag. On the Bavarian Demon, it's a 0 to 100 scale. Above 50 is uh, heading hold. Below 50 is rate mode. Um, I typically fly my 3D helis in the 70 to 80% range again. At 2,500 RPM, I'm down at like 30. So I'm in rate mode on the tail. And it holds perfectly fine at that speed. Because at the speed you're traveling, you also get a lot of weather veining. In other words, just the aerodynamic loads of that flow going over the tail boom keeps the thing pointing straight. For uh, for pitch setup, we've been talking about collective a lot. I ran a, a range of collectives from 12 to 15 degrees. And on cyclic, you've got to run anywhere from 10 to 12 or 13 degrees of cyclic. And again, the reason for this is, if you think about the flying physics, it's moving at 120, 130 miles an hour. You've got a retreating blade whose tip velocity is reduced by the amount of speed that the, the, the forward speed that the heli is traveling. And so that reduces the lift on that blade. It happens to be the blade on the right side of the heli. And so there's a natural tendency because of this uneven or disymmetry of lift on the head to cause the heli to want to roll to the right. So you need to have enough cyclic throw in there for the fly barless system to be able to compensate for that. And as you move up in head speed and pitch, uh, you'll have to bump up your cyclic uh, range or you'll see the heli coming by, coming by you tipped. It'll, it'll come by tipped. That swash plate has got some pretty significant angles on it to keep the heli going straight. So just keep that in mind. So actual performance itself, um, you know, I've talked a lot about this on previous shows, so I won't spend a lot of time and you're going to see all of the data in the review. I ran uh, a total of 95 flights, each flight having somewhere in the range of five to eight speed runs in them. Uh, so right now I'm well over 700 speed runs in total over a range of pitch from 12 to 15 degrees and head speeds from 2200 to 2500 RPM. Now my, my speeds in all of this 
uh, have ranged anywhere from the low 100s, let's say in the teens, 115 or so, all the way up to 155 as the max. And when I say speed, those numbers I'm giving you right now are peak speeds. Okay? Peak speeds are not average speeds. For speed competition through the FAI 200-meter course, they're doing what is your average speed over the 200-meter course. Um, Using the peak speed to say that's how fast you went is kind of cheating. I'm using that because it's the easier data point to get for 700 runs. And actually, after looking at all the data, you can pretty consistently say that for, uh, for a peak speed value on a given run, if you subtract about 3 to 5% of that total, uh, you will get what your best average speed would be over 200 meters, at least for my flying style. So, for example, the 155 max or 154.8 as the top speed uh, translated into a 200 meter run with an average of 148 miles an hour. Fast. Very fast. (laughs) You'll see in the written review, I've got plots of the ESC current and the max speed as a function of collective pitch angle and head speed. Uh, The currents that I saw ranged from 125 to 220 amps. Of course, higher head speed and more pitch skews you towards the high end of that. Is that that an average over the entire run, or is that just another peak? Those are also peaks, Jesse, but uh, peaks a relative term in this situation because those are sustained currents Mm -hmm. over a 5 to 10 second run. Gotcha. So let me repeat, the Castle Edge 160 HV is perfectly happy sustaining 200 plus amp currents for 5 to 10 seconds. I have not come anywhere close to the 280 amp current cutoff limit, and I have not come anywhere close to the 100 degree Celsius thermal limit. The max temperature I've seen on the speed controller is about 81 C. The max temperature that I have seen on the motor is about 95 C. Okay, just to give you a feel for things. Um, for, from a standpoint of speed ranges, the 2200 RPM range got me between 117 and 130. 2300 was 124 to 137. 2400, 133 to 146, and the 2500 is about 140 to 155. Now, the huge asterisk on all of this, guys, is that what I've learned more than anything else is the speed numbers you put up is a whole hell of a lot more about skill than it is about power, okay? Because I've gotten 2300 RPM runs that beat my 2,500 RPM runs that I do really poorly. So it's all about the technique. Um, But what I want to illustrate at the end of the day is the fact that here is a, is a goblin kit with 99% of the standard parts you get on any of the other goblins. And with a couple of simple upgrades that they've made, 
and with the correct power system and setup and and not a crazy power system again we're talking beginner level power systems we're able to get speeds with enough practice in excess of 150 miles an hour and i think that it's going to continue to improve as my skill improves i feel honestly i feel quite confident that i can get this thing into the 160s i haven't done it yet but i'm going to keep practicing I'm going to compete at the Urcha Speed Cup just for the experience, and we'll see what we can come up with. I got to tell you, man, um, seeing that thing in person is just quite amazing. The sound that machine makes is yeah. <laughs> unlike any helicopter. It's Oh, yeah, dude. And it, it everything happens so quick. I mean, you're standing up there watching it, and... Yeah, it's just side-in orientation, but you got to be ready. Your fingers have got to be ready for anything that happens. And another thing I noticed, too, is when you were doing those big stall turns, you got to be fairly confident to fly a long-ass ways away from yourself. Yeah. Because that thing just... Oh, that's true. Man, that thing just cooks. And before you know it, (laughs) it's a long ways away. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely. Going that fast and then do a stall turn. Yeah, that that's what amazed me as well is how high up the heli shoots. You know, I mean, and it is to be expected. I just never put a visual to how high, you know, how high it was actually going until I saw it in person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with I, I, I had mentioned before I'm running the Eagle Tree GPS system on there. That's how I can get these speed numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it records speed at 10 hertz and then you can go and get you know, plotted out as a function of time and get maxes and mm-hmm. getting averages, so on and so forth. It also does altitude. And, and you know, this is another, this is another challenge when you, when you talk about actually doing the competing. Uh, you know, my altitudes on a good run tend to be somewhere in the range of five to 700 feet. On an FAI run, you're not allowed to be above 400 feet for more than two seconds. And I've practiced. First of all, it's hard to nail 400 feet. And second of all, that extra couple hundred feet does make a difference in the speed of the run. Somewhere in the range of three to seven miles an hour difference between 400 and six or 700 feet. So it's, uh, it's just another twist in the whole thing. The other part is that you were talking about how far away it gets, Dan. You know, we're running a 200 meter course or thereabouts. Um, and after you've gotten through the straight, you've still got probably another hundred or so meters of continued forward plus a pull up into the stall turn. So you figure one run is 400 meters long and you're doing six, seven, maybe eight of them. That that means that in one flight, this helicopter is traveling like two and a half or three kilometers which is a couple of miles. That's pretty impressive. Almost two miles of flying in a minute and a half to two minutes. Because, by the way, that's all you can get out of these batteries. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next? Are you, uh, I know you said you were going to do the review as a beginner with, uh, you know, uh, the castle oil. Uh, Are you going to bump it up to the next level and see what you can get with it? Yeah, I think I am. Uh, You know, like I said, I would like to compete in the Urcha Speed Cup. This has definitely sealed the deal for me. I've officially been bit by the speed bug. 
Um, I haven't been this excited about a specific heli in a really long time. And so to me, I mean, for my portion of the hobby, I think the sky's the limit. I will probably be bumping it up to a 14S system for the Speed Cup. And I got a couple of other tricks up my sleeve as well that I'm not going to talk about right now, but I might make apparent later on. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, it, it's it's a blast. It will forever be in my fleet, a speed heli. And the Goblin Speed itself is, you know, if I've got to summarize things, it is the perfect combination between readily available parts a well-known, well-supported design, and the ability to go fast. And if at the end of the day you don't like the speed thing, just 3D it, man. You can smack the hell out of this thing. Put a different set of blades on, and you're good to go. So is the trick up your sleeve going to be a rocket engine? Yes. You you, you got me. You got it. <laughs> I am going, I'm going to put a rocket engine on the back of it. A little, little <laughs> propulsion system back there that pushes it up 300 miles an hour. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> thing looks like a lot of fun. I don't think I could do it, though. I mean, not that I don't didn't like it, but, man, I, it looked really nerve-wracking to me when it got so damn far away. Like, I think I would have lost it. You know, that's, it's funny you say that. I heard that that's probably the most common comment that I get is how the hell do you pay attention to it that far away? It's just a dot. And that's the least nerve wracking of it. I, I can see it perfectly fine. No problem whatsoever. Never had an issue with orientation. Never felt like I had lost it or couldn't see it. I've flown in rain. I've flown in full blue skies. I've flown in everything in between with the typical Pacific Northwest, you know, monotone gray in the background. And it's never bothered me. Hmm. Well, I was losing it every time you went up to us into a stall turn, so. Really? Yeah. Even the lower stall turns? Well, that time I was out there with you when you were flying it. And um, mm -hmm. every time you did a stall turn on the left, I could not keep up with you. Could you see it at all, Jesse? Or are you still ha were you having the same problem? No, I could. I could see it. It definitely got small, but I think it also helps uh, when you're actually piloting it. I think it's a little bit bit different too, because you know it's it's the same kind of thing where flying a heli without a canopy on, someone trying to follow it, just glancing up, looking at it, might not be able to immediately pick out what it's doing. But if you're when you're actually flying it, it seems to be a lot easier. That is a that's a definitely a good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. BK servos offer a value not yet seen in the industry. For less than $100, you get a super fast servo with plenty of torque. Lightweight, compact, and unique CNC design with excellent centering. There is just nothing on the market like this today. So if you want to experience great value and industry-leading support... Head over to www.bkservo.com and check them out. Well, so there it is, guys. You know, uh, yeah, if you're interested in getting into the speed thing, definitely check out the SAB Goblin Speed. I think it's worthwhile. Uh, the kit price on this thing with the blades and the nice, awesome canopy 
is twelve seventy nine. Um, I, I personally think it's reasonable given what you get, and even though it is a little bit more expensive than a typical seven hundred three D heli. Mm-hmm. I think you're getting the support that goes along with that. And that makes a big difference to me. And I think it does make a big difference to a lot of uh, other people that would be beginners in speed. And um, yeah. And if you have an existing goblin, you can convert it to a speed 700 uh, or 700 competition. There are only a couple of pieces that you need. I think it's a total of maybe 200 bucks and most of that is the canopy. So you can look at it uh, that way as well. So thank you again uh, to Burt Camera, SAB, Heli Direct, Chris Treby. You guys are awesome. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. I'm super stoked. I'm going to be flying the crap out of this thing all summer. And hey, maybe uh, I'll even place, you know, in the top. 10 or something at the Urcha Speed Cup. Who knows? <laughs> Sweet. You better. Damn it. No, we'll no see. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Yep. <laughs> I think we should move on and probably start wrapping things up. But, uh, you know, I want to just, uh, again, say what a great time we had at Othello. But I think uh, I think we're going to have even more fun coming up here. Uh, what is it again? June 27th, 8th, and 9th? 26 26. to 29. Damn it, dude. I'm Uh, going to show up a day late, man. I can see it coming. No, we're looking forward to it again. Of course, we have to say a big thank you to Progressive RC for stepping up and sponsoring that event. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Got a lot of people from a long ways away coming. And, of course, uh, a lot of the Northwest guys are going to be showing up as well. Looks to be a good event i think we're gonna have a lot of fun we uh jesse tell us a little bit about um some of the fun competitions that you're kind of scheming that we might be doing oh so similar to last year as uh we we talked about it quite a bit we are definitely going to be doing the bottle knock again yes, the bottle knock. Yes. oh yeah we are definitely doing that one um, another competition that I think we're going to try to do is some sort of acrobatic auto competition as well. And then one that I'm kind of thinking about right now, just to you know, have some fun and to try to get some more involvement, is maybe a competition under the construction lights at oh. night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Try to incorporate that. Get some more people up there flying. Um, you know, let's use. What are you thinking, dude? I am. I'm still brainstorming. I'm trying to. I want. I want it to be a competition that everyone is more than capable of doing. Six, nice. Sixty second, um, 60 second night hover. Sixty second. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah but, and yeah. Something. Something. Or along a night that bottle lines. knock. Ooh. We should do one of each. We could do like glow in the dark bottles. Glow in dude. The dark. <laughs> oh yeah. Now you're talking. Oh man, it's. We could so, we could tape some of those uh, some of those uh, night sticks those uh, the things that you kind of break and they glow. Uh-huh. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah tape yeah. some of those to the bottle or just stick them in the bottle. The rave sticks. Yeah. There you go. I like that. Yeah. So something something like that gets some more involvement, gets some more people flying at night. Then we um, get to see what that what that liquid's made out of when uh, when when, Mike, when Michael hits open. Him, when Michael swings his tail <laughs> swings that tail around at 100 miles an hour to knock the bottle over and hits it with his tail blades. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. We're going to be doing. Uh, I can't wait. We're going to be doing a live show, of course. I guess we have to. Kind of, we're kind of obligated to do a live show. At, yeah. At our own. Yeah. If there was any fun fly, we should be doing a live <laughs> show at it's ours. Big news mentioned it at uh, last week at Othello, but uh, we're going to be making a little trip come December. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to be going down to the Orlando Heli Blah as a podcast, doing a live show out there, hanging out and uh, getting to meet some of our East Coast listeners. Really looking forward to that. Dude, that, yeah. that one I am super psyched about. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, yeah, I, well, we're going to Urcha, and I'm definitely psyched about that. But not only is this like a private fun fly, but it's East Coast. And and it's really East yeah, Coast. Yeah. We've never I've never been to any East Coast fun flies, have you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> first time for Gillette, everything. Gillette, Wyoming is the farthest east I've been. That's as far <laughs> That's east not east as coast. you've been. <laughs> it's not quite East Coast, is it? Didn't now quite make it. <laughs> yeah. That that one's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, uh so many so many listeners in that area. It's just it's gonna be it's gonna oh, be yeah. quite amazing to finally meet meet most of them, and uh, hang out hang out with uh, with those ones. Let's see. Uh, hopefully, Nick will be back next week. I'm sure he will be. If he doesn't get lost, or if Bigfoot doesn't abduct him, because uh, I hear uh, Bigfoot lives out in your guys' neck. Oh yeah, we got some sightings. Oh we yeah, we've got some Sasquatch. <laughs> You've got some Sasquatch. We got some Squatch. Yeah. We've got yeah. some Squatch around here. Yeah, we don't we don't have that around here. We just got bears. There's not enough trees to open. What, dude? What? You've obviously ne- huh? you've never well, been to my well, neck of the woods. Not not exactly the the couple parts of Montana that you went to that I've camped up in. Oh, I guess yeah. I guess driving through there there's definitely some forest. There but. is no trees in Billings. No. Not in Billings. Just, just bugs and heat. <laughs> and fires. And fires. <laughs> Shouldn't be that bad of a fire season this year, though, with all the moisture we had. So that'll be Yeah, I was going to say, when does that start up? Uh, fire season generally starts in September. Oh, okay. So you still have the some end time. of summer. Yeah. Goes into, it starts in September and ends when the first snow falls. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. The smoke season. Nice. Uh, let's see. Um, do we have any more reviews coming up soon that uh, anybody's going to be doing that we want to talk about? Yeah, I think we've got. So Jesse and I have been flying the the OptiPower Ultra Guard. Yep. That should be coming up pretty soon. Now that I'm through the speed review, I'm going to finish up my review on the OptiPower. 5,000 milliamp uh, ultras, the 50C packs that I've been flying on that. I think uh, Nick is going to get to the MD7 slash 8 here in the relative near term. Yeah. And then Jesse, been putting you got an N7. on the N7. That's right. That review is N7. still You never did let me progress. fly that. You never did let me fly that. Dude, That's I didn't. I hardly let you look at that. I thing. know you did, dude. Like, that thing looked awesome. <laughs> he kept, I, kept, I mean, kept the towel over it and shit. Yeah, I was just it putting... met all of my expectations <laughs> in person. Yeah, 
You didn't let me fly your 7HV either. Dude, I'm not letting you fly any of my like, helis. I don't, don't think I like you anymore, Justin. I just don't think I do. I see what you do to Ed's helis like every time what? you touch them. What? I didn't do anything what? to Ed's helis. Dude, you crashed, crashed Ed's heli at the fun fly, oh, didn't you? man, that doesn't count. Doesn't Why? Count. Because it's a 500? Yeah, that's that's the same. That's, what, that's exactly what he'll say. He'll crash my 7HV and go, that doesn't count. <laughs> it's a compass. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't count. It was Ed's fault anyway. That's right. I said it. It's my yeah. Story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, whatever. I don't buy it. <laughs> well, I think we can wrap it up. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? I think that's I think everything. That covers it. I've already talked everyone's ear off with yeah. the reviews. <laughs> know, so man, I'm just dying. I, I doubt anyone's even listening at this point. <laughs> I bet they are. People learn stuff from you. Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, Sometimes. Thanks. Well, we should probably do some emails. Uh, Jesse, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, send me an email at jesse at rchelionation.com. How about you, Justin? You can send me an email at justin at rchelionation.com. If you wanted to send Nick an email, you could send that to nick at rchelionation.com. I am Dan. You can send me an email at dan at rchelionation.com. Uh, invite you guys to check out our forum and our webpage. Of course, we got the chat box going there and uh, Facebook. Kind of keep up with what we're doing. And uh, I don't know, man. Maybe she's probably getting about that time. A couple things need to happen. We need to do another quiz show. Don't know if we're going to get one done. Hmm. Probably ne- maybe we'll shoot for next week. We'll see. We could try next week. Yeah. What the heck. Uh, and also, got to be about time to give something away pretty soon. Don't know if we will. Just, just you know, keep just saying, just saying, just saying. Just maybe yep. you never know. Heads up, just never know. Alrighty, guys, this has been episode one hundred and thirty-eight. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this one as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Later, guys. Talk to you next week. Come back. Man. Take it easy, guys. Get some flying in. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genzase Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.